0: The following program is presented by Atmark Media.
1: P. W. Hustle, the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The PWC Network, what the world is watching. And listening to
2: Season's greetings, happy holidays, and have a happy new year from the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition. You know, thank you, Jimmy T, Chris Sams, Jeff Lipman, Michael Jargo, Steve Pena, Chabelo Vera Cruz, 8 Track Black, and I hope it didn't leave anybody out, but the PWC family, so. Sit back, relax and enjoy another episode of the homeboy 88 podcast. Happy holidays, everybody.
1: Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hameen Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hameen Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off the top rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's the brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A-Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People. And now, The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to zordosoliveoil.com. Start your day with the best cup of Joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBroSters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you hear from the pros who live the biz bro with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes it's gotta be Russosbrand.com, bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained
0: Know what the setup is. Where's Jim Ross? You know, I come out here and I immediately get to thinking how awesome it is to see you back here sitting at that booth. You're the best to ever do it. I'm glad you're back to work and it's awesome to see you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'm all about giving people their flowers when they deserve it now, because I give Jim his flowers and then I get to thinking about this place. And I've never been here, but this has been a home for AEW. And it gets me thinking about Brody Lee. And if there's anybody out there who says anything to try to minimize the impact that that man had, it just makes me feel sorry for them because it means they never met him. I sat at home and I watched the tribute show to my friend from this place and it made me want to come here. So then I get to thinking about maybe somebody who's not worth my time. Maybe somebody who doesn't want to be here. And speaking of internet trolls, yeah, I'm talking about MJF. MJF is a Twitter troll in the flesh. He is somebody who talks a big game. But when it comes down to it, you don't say that stuff to your face. He hides behind a keyboard or Dax and Cash. I saw it with my own eyes last week. You saw it with your own eyes last week. Somebody who's smart enough to say that the people wanna see CM Punk get his hands on MJF. But is also stupid enough to say something that he's as good as Roddy Piper in Portland. When Roddy Piper laced up his wrestling boots and we all saw last week, MJF laced up his running shoes, didn't he? Yeah. I'm not sure if you guys heard, but MJF says he's done with me. Honestly, I'm fine with that. I got the team with the legend, Sting. I got the team with Darby Allen. And we beat F-T-R and MJF. So hey, I understand if MJF is afraid, if MJF is scared, if he don't want none, he doesn't have to have none. I myself am looking towards bigger and better things. I heard him say it too, he's talking about the gold He's talking about becoming the AEW champion. Jim Ross will attest to this. You always hear people say, if you don't want to be the champion, you probably shouldn't be here. And That's true. I want to be champion too. There's beginnings and there's endings, and being here, CM Punk, first time in Daly's Place, a place that has been so good to AEW. The last dynamite on TNT, we're moving to TBS. There's bigger and there's brighter things on the horizon for CM Punk. So MJF, you are a waste of my time, and you are an even bigger waste of con money than Tim Tebow. So I'll leave you all with this. I don't I never wanted to mess with MJF, but he found out the hard way that on this mic, that in this ring, even at commentary, nobody can touch me. And if he wants to climb that ladder and get some Ws to get to AEW Goldball, I imagine, sooner or later, I'll see him again in this ring. But it'd be a real shame if somebody interfered with his quest for gold.
3: He says, with a twinkle in his eye. There's a lot more to this story, Excalibur. And we know at this moment, I think. Yeah, pure confidence radiating from CM Punk here in Daly's place.
4: My MMA business is a full-time job. I just thought it'd be cool to come here as an old school fan. The problem is there is absolutely nothing cool about Cody Rhodes and his entourage. Art Anderson is one of my all-time favorites. But I see him with Cody and it just makes me sad because now he's a guy trying to make a couple dollars sucking up to another guy who sucks up to the guy the man used to be a horseman and now he's just a whore Stop which it. is the perfect segue to Brandy and if that's her real name she's the first Brandy I've ever known that wasn't a stripper whoa 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 that's not currently a stripper. Because now, she's a wrestler. (laughs) Excellent point, Ethan, but we can't keep coming back here with stripper jokes or they're gonna get very old and very tired very quickly. Kinda like what happened to Brandy the last couple of years. That brings me to you, Cody. And I know how hard you tried to make it in this business traveling the world spilling blood breaking bones crashing through tables of fire hell you even went so far as to tattoo a transformers logo to your neck that even mike tyson thinks looks stupid you never really until you cut a backstage deal with Tony Khan, man, to become his pet project, and skip the line over more deserving talent backstage. AEW fans may be idiots, but even an idiot doesn't like the taste of that shit sandwich you're shoving down their throat. Who the hell told you Tonight was open mic night, you bobble-headed, ugly-ass, less talented version of Paul Heyman!
0: Whoa! Gloves are off.
4: I actually prefer Jim Cornette. But my God! The sound of your voice makes me wish I was back in that Minneapolis street fight, getting my ball stapled to my leg again by Chris Jericho. Well, at least my fam thinks that's funny, thanks. But let me ask you a serious question, Dan.
3: When's the last time you got beat up by a woman and didn't have to pay for it?
4: whoop that ass tonight for free. Listen, Bambi, I'm sorry, I get my stripper names confused sometimes, Brandy. I am a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. There is not a single soul watching this show that does not want to reach through the camera and slap the taste out of your mouth right now. And if I'm the lucky man who gets the privilege of doing that, let's go. Oh, So, so you're
3: a black belt? Well, I'm a black bitch. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. Well, the shoes are I'm coming up. I'm telling you, this is not good booking here. Yeah. Wait. We'll There's Dustin. Their yeah. heads made for bail, Tony. Yeah. Dustin's is stepping in. I, 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 I want to see. This is oh. phenomenal. Ethan Page. Cheap shot from behind on Dustin Rhodes. Dustin got blindsided there by Ethan Page. Lambert walks away with a big smile on his face. Well, I'll tell you, Brandy did not back down at all. She walked right to the ring with three men, two of them. Accomplished wrestlers in the course in there's. And lever.
5: the pwc you're on with me uh mr Ans. that's A M B S. lambs with no l or bullshit first thing in the morning um i'm a little tired today i've been plowing snow jimmy snow just so we're clear um i've been plowing snow for about 13 and a half hours today so i'm a little tired i'm a little grumpy and this show did did no favors for me um jimmy you don't know anything about snow uh, but every single time I tell you that I was out plowing, you have a dirty, dirty mind. And it goes to a, it goes an awful, disgusting place. Um, you know, just like Melbourne. Um, <clears throat> Jimmy, how the fuck are you,
6: mate? Hot, man. It is hot as down here. It is boiling. I am sweating. I took a walk to the market just down the road. And boy, do I regret it, man. <laughs> it's very hot. And talk about plowing. Chris, when you tell me you're plowing at 4 a.m., <laughs> I mean, what else am I going to think? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it is uh, what it is. All
5: right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, hopefully we have somebody else on with us tonight who's a little less dirty minded and maybe knows something about snow. I don't know. Probably not. Nobody else seems to know anything about snow. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got a guest. We've got a special guest host tonight. Uh, you know him. You love him. He's the co-host of the of the Next Level podcast on the Hameen Media Group. Uh, he's Jamie, the vet Williams. Jamie, thank you so much for being on with us, bud.
7: Oh man. It's an honor. You guys are two of my favorites. And uh, this is just one more podcast on the bucket list to check off that I <laughs> appeared on because don't, don't, don't forget the impact attack. Don't forget unofficial third person on the smack attack. Don't forget anytime Jargo needs to talk about a Destino <laughs> episode. Don't forget any of the other things that now, you never know when I might show up on the Wednesday night skirmish. So thank you guys again for having me. This is a uh, this is going to be fun.
6: Well, vet, I just want to say, man, it's an absolute honor to having you on. I've been looking forward to this episode ever since I asked you to come on. I was pretty, pretty wrapped that you said yes. And I was going to mention about the Impact Attack and the Smack Attack and actually even Destino, which I'm looking forward to, which apparently should be coming up very shortly, actually. So shout out to Jago. But, man, yeah, we're, we're happy to have you on, man. So it's an absolute privilege to have you here. Might as well get this out of the way off the top, Jimmy.
7: Uh, I got a bone to pick with you at oh, Jargo after listening to your uh, whining and complaining <laughs> and, and just petulant fan bitching
2: about uh,
7: New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom, all this stuff. What what happened to you guys, man? What, what What's wrong with you? Like... what was i hearing on that on that uh on that episode of the blow-off when when you guys are just sitting there spending the last five minutes burying new japan for doing their best during these these difficult times jimmy these trying times like how could you how could you do this how could you be so ungrateful
6: and if jargo was here i'd say the same thing (laughs) well first of all i'm sure you know that me and jargo are big marks for, for japanese wrestling in general but I will say, when you look at 2021 in terms of New Japan Pro Wrestling, they have been a shell of their former self when it comes to their booking. You know what I mean? And and I understand it's due to COVID. I get it. But they're also being predictable, vet. I mean, come on, man. We both predicted Kazuchika Okada winning, you know, the G1 and then going on to to win the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom. But let me ask you this, vet. I mean, are you actually happy about Night 3, dude? I mean, the way that is being booked is pretty silly, in my opinion, dude. What do you mean? the What do you mean, booked? Well, Night 3, we've got all tag matches between NOAH and New Japan mm. Pro Wrestling. So, classic Wrestle Kingdom, then? Oh, well, <laughs> in <laughs> some Wrestle ways. That's Wrestle Kingdom classic, right? In some ways, but come on, man. We should have had some, like, one-on-ones. We should have had some big matchups. And considering they're charging us, it's not even going to be on New Japan World, which is right. pretty disappointing, man. But I understand they need to recoup all the money that they can get, and it is what it is. But hopefully right. they bounce back, man. And we need to get everyone from the States back into Japan, because look at Jay Lethal. I mean, what's he doing? You know what I mean? Really, he's sort of gone downhill, and that's not his fault. That's just the whole situation with due to COVID and all that. But yeah, man, I mean they need to really start bringing their wrestlers back man and shibata coming back to wrestle i mean damn dude
7: <laughs> i mean i i i don't know you're just saying things that happened you, you're not really providing <laughs> compelling arguments about why you feel the way you feel but let's just say cause like i said they're they're doing their best okay now right. as for the noah thing like you you do realize you guys have to realize and it sounds like you didn't but i think if you take a moment and realize what's really going on here this is not like you know when you're talking about oh this isn't going to be on new japan world and sounding entitled and stuff but you have to remember this is like a fundraiser for noah do you think yeah. noah's yeah. doing good at yeah. this time the, absolutely not. it's like it, here's a here's an analogy for you i don't know if you'll get this but uh Everybody knows what Girl Scout cookies are, right?
6: Girl Scout cookies? Actually, well, I don't, so fill me in. <laughs> Chris? Oh, fuck yeah. You don't have Girl Scout cookies? What the fuck is wrong with Australia? Or <laughs>
7: even <laughs> just, I mean, I'm not saying that Australia should have Girl Scout cookies. I'm just saying <laughs> they should have heard it because America is, you know, that in your face everywhere all over the world. I just assume that we, thats true <laughs> that Girl Scout cookies was global, uh, but you don't buy the cookies just because you want cookies. You can get cheaper, <laughs> better cookies. You do it to help out the Girl Scouts. So you're going to buy this, this co-promoted pay-per-view to help out Noah, who's probably on the verge of closing Uh, because even new Japan, when you look at their crowds, it's like probably not what they like. So you can imagine what all the shitty secondary promotions over in Japan. that are just struggling to stay afloat are like, this is definitely like a fundraiser type operation so as a wrestling fan it's your duty to buy this pay-per-view and if they if they didn't like if they did look like, for for the people that are outside of japan you know united states canada australia whatever if you counted on the money that they would spend for this pay-per-view that wouldn't be enough to cover okada's wrestle kingdom payday it might not even be Good enough point. to cover his his uh his catering <laughs> so so they really want the polite co- uh, country of Japan to realize that this is a fundraiser and to to dig deep and try to help out Noah I guess. They wouldn't get anything because you know how it is when you go to the store the cost the big bulk stores and get the free samples. The people that love to get the free samples at those stores, they don't buy the product, they just walk around and eat the samples while they're shopping and they probably throw the little cup uh, on the shelf somewhere like an <laughs> asshole. So that's what would happen if this was included on Wrestle Kingdom or, or in New Japan World. That's what would happen if it was free on YouTube. So that's the perspective that you you gotta have as like look beyond your selfish fanship and look at the companies that are are trying to provide entertainment for you. And
6: entertainment comes at a cost. Oh no! Look, you're right, and 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 it's fair point because what you said is spot on, and it makes sense. But in saying that, you talk about Noah nearly going down. I mean, look at all Japan Pro Wrestling. The fact that they're still in business, I mean, geez. You know, you know what I mean? And even Dragon Gate. <laughs> well, yeah, are they? I mean, they're definitely a shell of their former selves, put it that way. But is, they're still around, you know what I mean? I would have loved it even the a super show with all the companies just joining forces. And I get it. You can't always get what you want. And especially with, in terms of booking, who's going to win, blah, blah, blah. They all can't all agree about you know who's gonna win and whatnot but new japan is the big dog right now and uh look i'm what you said is is spot on i mean i can't argue that you that's why you're the vet jamie i mean come on well it's not because i need another nickname um
7: (laughs) so you know enough but but enough of all this i don't want to leave chris out of this uh, right. podcast entirely because if we're talking about J- japanese wrestling we, we just got to work on getting him involved
6: in the japanese wrestling well, now speaking of n- japanese wrestling chris is the biggest fan believe it or not vet so yeah he'll, he'll, i I've hey, heard listen, man
5: listen you know if noah if noah really wants to start making some money they need to start performing on a big ship that's 300 cubits by 50 cubits and um and if New Japan really wants to start making some money, they just need to start pushing... Uh, um, what's that guy called again? Um, uh, oh, uh, no. Sashimi Taco Sushi? Uh, <laughs> that guy's great. That guy's fantastic. Um, uh, no. Inappropriate. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I agree. I'm already winning the racist Olympics. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> oh, no, Chris. So, okay, we got to talk about it, Jimmy. Um, since we're talking about a few things before we get into um, AEW Dynamite here, we got to talk about it. I know... I know that in Australia, this was probably big news. This probably was like on your whatever your you know equivalent to Fox and CNN and MSNBC <laughs> are um, the Bret Hart of Australian professional wrestling oh, was released today by the WWE. Tony Storm is a is a free agent. Uh, you know how how big of a deal was this for you, Jimmy?
6: Hey man, I'm not gonna lie. Twitter blew up, dude, due to this release. But you know what, man? I said it on Twitter. I said she wouldn't have gotten released. She would have asked for her release. And that's exactly what happened, dude. I mean, do you blame her? When you think about it, look at SmackDown last week. Not that you watched it, Chris, but still, I did, unfortunately. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, man, she looked emotional. And that's why I thought maybe there might have been a title switch. Obviously, there wasn't. But she looked very emotional. So, I guess that was the reason why she was emotional. She knew she was leaving, dude. So, yeah, man, I'm surprised. But at the same time, I'm not. I don't know where she'll end up. She could go back to stardom. She could go back to the UK or she winds up in AEW possibly. We'll see what happens though.
5: Yeah. I really hope that she, um, that she sticks around American television. I love watching Tony storm. I mean, she doesn't even have to have matches just put the camera on her. And I love watching Tony storm. Um, but I actually think that she's got a decent amount of charisma, too. I saw somebody uh, have the opinion today that Tony Storm, uh, she couldn't swim once she got to the main t- television. And I completely disagree with that take. I actually think that she was booked so poorly once she got to main TV that there was no possible way that she could have come back from it. It's the same argument that I had when when people said Killer Cross couldn't handle it when he got to the main roster. No, they booked him like crap. Um Jamie, what do you think about Tony storm? Did you, uh, did you, I, I, I know that you, you had the opportunity to watch her some, Um, but what did you think about her? Did you think that she's got potential to be a star or. Tony storm,
7: you know, making the joke about the Bret Hart of Australia is not that far off, especially for women's wrestling. True. Uh, Tony storm is great. Yeah. No, it's she's <laughs> top five. She's top five. Probably anywhere um 100 especially considering how young she is so um yeah how does she at the latest point in her career be worse than she ever has right yeah. not only in the, not only in 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 terms of the booking but in the ring like she's regressed because she has to dumb herself down to like charlotte flair level which <laughs> charlotte flair is not exactly the bottom of the barrel either but that's just how high above the WWE class that she is in terms of like her ability and her talent, uh, just between the ropes. Yeah. She's got enough charisma and she's a very pretty lady. So that's, that's right there. Like you said, that's enough to just keep her on television, which makes this decision all the more baffling, but they haven't really, I don't know if they've ever really known what to do with her. I've had questions about all the decisions they've made. Um, once she went to the UK, she's a, she's a clear baby face and they turned her heel. Maybe they just wanted to see how she'd do with it. She did. Okay. Um, but, uh, as for like where she goes now, it's gotta be AEW. it's the only place to hold somebody of her class of talent. Also, she's not going to go back and do the overseas stuff. Cause juice Robinson's here. Right. So if juice Robinson lives here, as long as she's with that dude, she's probably going to stick around stateside. Um, and AEW based in Florida. Well, you kind of do the math on that. Uh, they're going to, they're going to want to snap her up and they'd be smart to do it. Uh, it's obviously she's got a relationship with Serena that exists already from their time, uh, together in WWE. So, um, I'm sure if I know Serena and I do, uh, she's going to want Tony there more than anybody else is
6: going to want Tony anywhere else. Absolutely. I'll just want to say one more thing about Tony, Tony Cakes, shall I call her? shout I mean, to BG. shout outs to BG. But I just want to say, I guess now I know why her ass grew so big. Let's be honest, guys. I mean, she was in catering for how long? I mean, Man. it makes total sense, right? But thank God she lost all that weight and she's back down to in-ring shape. So, you know, I'm happy for her when it comes to that. But I do hope she does end up in AEW. But at the same time, I can still see her, for whatever reason, doing a little running stardom or something like that before she does end up in AEW. But if she does go to AEW, I think she changes the whole landscape of the women's roster over there and possibly can give WWE's women a run for their money.
5: Yeah, I mean, she's got the talent to do it. It's not its not about whether or not she has the talent to really make an impact because I, I think Jamie's right. I think she's... I think she's in your top five women, no matter what company she goes to. She's in that picture. Um, But I mean, AEW have talent right now who they aren't booking properly, who they aren't putting on television enough, who they aren't pushing hard enough. I know know that some people will argue with me about this, but like, you know, last week we did our, or two days ago, I guess we did our our year-end awards. And, you know, I gave gave the inaugural Bret Hart Award to Serena D as the person who I think just has an excellent match every single time she goes out there. Um, she should be somewhere in the title picture right now. And I'm not mad at the, the feud that she's having with the Um, but there's more that they could get out of her too. There's so much value there in Serena Deeb, even as an, like, I know that they're getting value out of her backstage, but I mean, even as an on-air character, I feel like there's just so much more that she could do. So, I'm with you. I hope she goes to AEW. Like when I said, I hope she sticks stateside, that's what I mean. I, I hope she stays on my television. Um, and I just, I, I want to see her do big things because I think she's got big potential.
6: So. Well, well, before we get into AEW proper, there's one more news, tidbit that I've got to mention, which is not really a big deal, but it is a big deal because it involves sort of all of us and, and the Hamid media group in general since we we're all part of it uh vet what do you think of uh brad Shepard, man <laughs> i just want to ask you i mean you don't to, even have to say anything to but i'd love to know your opinion to put it diplomatically
7: um i'm not his audience
6: and i have no use for a man like that that makes two of us <laughs> so i'm sure that makes three of us so i'm sure you've heard the news right <laughs> sure right i think i just want to give a shout out to bin hamin yalla i mean man he he, the boss done boss things man and had to do what he had to do and i think he absolutely deserved what he got man because first of all man i listened to one of his shows just before just out of curiosity i know who brad shepherd is from a few years ago you know Mm. from the dirt sheets and all that but man just listening to his show it was just a whole bunch of hate man I mean seriously that's all it is and and jimmy to be frank quite boring
7: right i agree like when he was like he the episode that he had big ray on with them and he's telling stories about what he did in college and i'm like is this going somewhere no like you you said nothing for 20 (laughs) minutes i who is listening to this like i just don't understand but that's why i say like I'm not going to tell him he doesn't deserve to be on the air. I just not his audience. And why would I be? I'm a former wrestler. He's a Mark.
6: That's it. There's you. no, there's no
7: reason for me to listen to a Mark call other Marks Marks. That's the state of the wrestling, you know, internet community here and social media is you got a bunch of Marks calling each other Marks and it's hilarious to me, but you know, things, you know, tend to shake out as they're supposed to and i think we saw that here it is a little ironic the idea of you know the channel attitude being a free speech platform and and things like right. that and it's but you know what i mean like he that, that what he said was not about free speech no it wasn't it's 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 like you're 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 proving you're you're proving you're the ultimate mark because you're talking about a man that has passed away and you're describing him using his spot on the card like like he booked himself like that has anything to do with what a man is you know what i mean like this is not a skill-based meritocracy right fucking pro wrestling and so like to 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 have the to have the nerve to call other people marks um i mean we the this
6: this was the only possible uh result right well, it's a walking talking contradiction man literally which which drives me crazy but yeah man i'm glad he got what he got so screw you brad you deserved it man i don't care what anyone thinks it's true but he's got fans i'll give him that for whatever reason people listen to him but he's just trash and that's just my opinion go ahead chris <coughs>
5: Well, I don't know, Brad. Um, I've never listened to uh, to any of his podcasts, but just judging off of um, just judging off of context here, I'm going to go ahead and say that wrestling is a lot like theater. Um, and you have a place in in the show. and it doesn't necessarily come off of your merit. It doesn't necessarily come off of how great you are at something. Oftentimes it's simply about um, do you look like the proper character for the role that you're being booked for? Um, when I was younger, uh, and I was very fresh faced and, and slender, I used to be very small. Um, I would get booked oftentimes into those kinds of uh, roles. When I was doing theater, I played Oberon, for instance, in A Midsummer's Night's Dream, because I looked like I could be the king of the fairies, super gay <laughs> comment. Um, but also, then when I got bigger, I remember, you know, I when I went through high school, I started getting into a growth spurt. And I started, you know, filling out i got kind of muscular and large and i started getting roles like fezzek um you know shout outs to andre the giant from you know the princess bride and anybody and so when peanut? people <laughs> does anybody want a peanut <laughs>
1: um,
5: <clears throat> i do not think that word means what you think it means um <clears throat> but also a uh, great movie by the way great great movie sure. um but but what uh, what the point is though is that i was you know i was given those roles mostly because of how i looked like i would fit on the show right it it didn't have really much to do with i'm a great actor it was just i'm competent i know what i'm doing and everybody needs a spot on the card we're going to talk about that a little bit later too as there's a quote from sting later that i did not like and i know that sting's been a wrestler for a very long time and if he says something it's probably worth a lot more than my opinion but i didn't like what he said in this interview and we're going to get to that a little bit later but Everybody has a role on the card. So, you know, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're talking about somebody who's passed away and you're saying, oh, he was just a jobber, go fuck yourself. Grow up. Um yeah, absolutely. That's just childish. And, and again, I don't know Brad. So I mean, maybe Brad has, you know, infinite reasons for why he is the way that he is or what he's saying or whatever, but um, just from context, I'm not a big fan of that.
6: Well, I'll just okay. say one more thing beforehand. I mean, if you remember his track record right before he was even doing a podcast, he was known as Fake News, man. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he he got what he deserved, man. Enough of that dude anyway. So, sorry, Chris. Let's get into the show anyway, man.
5: I mean, Fake News describes all wrestling news at this point. Well, I don't yeah. trust anything yeah,
6: that
5: <laughs> anyone says. like Unless it's an official release, I'm I'm not listening to it. I'm like, okay, we'll see.
7: Well, again, Mark's calling Mark's
6: Mark's. Well, yeah. yeah,
7: don't don't listen. Don't listen to this journalist. Listen
5: to me. I have sources, right? Yeah, sure. You do. Sure you do. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Yeah. Um, basically, at this point, wrestling journalism is in the same state that all other journalism is in, which is to say, I don't trust anything.
7: Uh, Good point. <laughs> you you used have to used have to go to school for a lot of years and work really hard to lie to people.
6: yeah
5: absolutely uh god bless the internet um okay all right let's get into the show here so guys i've got a couple of questions for you um i feel like this is what happened backstage when they were you know coming up to the booking meeting for this show somebody was like hey are you a wrestling fan do you maybe want to check out the new wrestling company during the holidays would you like to see something interesting sorry we're gonna start off with a 20 minute 10 man tag match instead
6: Go for it, a bit.
7: um, I'm I'm for it. I love oh. ten man tags. Uh, it's the best way to <laughs> get a lot of bodies in the ring at once. Hey, there uh, you go.
6: And yeah, get everybody a payday with minimal effort. So, uh, fair point. Yeah. I mean, from a former worker, he does have a point. Let's be honest.
5: Love yeah, ten no, man I mean tags. That's... They're so much easier than you think they are. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's they. Brilliant. They look super difficult, um, but uh, but no, I get it. Like I and I do understand that uh, that viewpoint from a worker. It's like, you know, people often complain, oh, there's too many matches. There's too much going on in WrestleMania. And that stems from something. And that's because WrestleMania payoffs were classically so big that you needed to be on WrestleMania really to sort of finish paying your bills at the end of the year. Um, so they would try to work everybody onto the card as much as possible. I do get it. but from an audience perspective. And maybe again, maybe it's I was plowing snow for 13 hours today and then I came home to this, but it was like, oh God, it's headman tag. Uh yeah. Not, not a huge fan. Um and getting into the, you know, getting into this, it's it's Hardy Party and FTR versus Jer Classic Express and the Lucha Brothers. Um I wonder if they can coexist. <clears throat> um <laughs> right. I'm not going to go through this match blow by blow. Um, but I will complain about a few things. First, um, the spot where Hardy smashes people's heads into the turnbuckle and screams out, delete, 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 delete. That's a face spot. I don't know why he does that as a heel. Um, second, and I'm going to ask this to, to the vet, uh, specifically because I know he's a former worker and he's got the expertise. You know, we like talking about wrestling. The vet actually knows wrestling. <laughs> um, that, is there a worse recipe for professional wrestling than for the baby faces to completely dominate a match for 17 minutes and then lose via a surprise, but clean heel finisher. Is, is there, is, is there a worse recipe for pro wrestling?
7: Probably. I mean, that's actually a standard, uh, kind of how, you know, where the finish is going. Uh, traditionally, you look at who's been dominant and then you get a surprise at the end. So if the faces dominate for the entire thing, then they're going to slip on a banana peel and the heels are going to cheat or whatever and steal it. Uh, If the heels have dominated and the baby face makes a a last minute comeback or whatever, um, then, you know, you, so when you see those stories playing out, you can kind of, uh, you can, you can kind of guess the finish of course this is aew we're talking about so it's really a 50 50 who's gonna win no matter what the story in the ring was up to that point it could be baby faces dominate and then go over strong uh we just don't know um so but but uh yeah i mean like i said doing a 10-man tag is a lot easier than uh than it seems like it would be um but for, for for the purposes of this, like what they're doing, they're showcasing a lot of people, you know, even maybe for the exact reason that you said, like, hey, somebody's checking this out, they might turn it on. Uh, you might know a significant percentage of these people, at least you might know uh, Christian and Matt Hardy, or whatever. And then you may see somebody that looks cool, like, you know, Penta, <laughs> like, he looks cool. I don't care uh, who you are, or what you think of him. Like, if you just look at him, you're like, who's this guy? Um, and that's, that's one of his values. Um, so really what it turns into here with these guys is you, you, you tend to get like a lot of, uh, miniature singles matches, uh, out of it. I I don't really remember if that's what they did here because I kind of zone out when I see 10 man tags as well. I'll just be honest. I've seen enough of them. I know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, um, there's easy ways to go about this. And AEW usually takes the most difficult route when they throw a lot of bodies in there. They like to overbook it. They like to complicate it. They like to have dangerous spots for no reason. Uh, You know, knowing that this match is ultimately meaningless, but then I saying that um, it's also on the other side of the coin. Uh, They're trying to further something with this match. They're trying to get somewhere with this match with a 10 man. Uh, you know, it's almost better to just have a cold 10 man that doesn't have a story because then you can have your entire story encapsulated within that match. When you're throwing 10 bodies at something that's to further an angle for later, it, it cheapens it a little bit because it's like, well, we've already seen some of this. If we're trying to get to uh, a, a Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express or whatever, and you're doing the tired old. Can they coexist bullshit that we've seen? This is clearly WWE playbook. Uh that's not who you should be emulating right now if you're trying to be different, if you're trying to be the alternative. Um, you know. So eh. so to answer your question, I don't know.
2: <laughs>
5: yeah, I I mean, okay. So for me, like here's the here's here's what I thought when I watched the match, right? And you can tell me if I'm crazy or what. And and again, like you're you're an actual worker so i mean in terms of wrestling i'm just going to defer to whatever it is that you're telling me um in terms of storytelling though like the best way to build a hero right the hero's journey the whole idea of the hero's journey the best way to build
7: five heroes
5: yeah what you do though with your hero is you you have to watch him struggle right and then fail like failure is actually a part of the hero's journey right Mm -hmm. he struggles he fails he improves, then he wins. That's the whole point of the hero's journey, right? You, you, you have the redemption, right? I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know if I don't know if either of you guys watched uh, Game of Thrones, right? But like, um, John Snow, for instance, right? You watch that character all throughout the show. He's he's the bastard, and he's the guy who's getting shit on, and he's told he's a traitor, and he's the son of a traitor, and he's. You know, he's nobody likes him and nobody loves him. So that finally in that scene in the seventh season, when everybody's hanging out in Winterfell. Right. And they, you know, the uh, Lady Mormont stands up and says, like, you know, you, you. You didn't, you know, you refused the call and you refused the call, but house Mormont remembers, the North remembers, we know no king, but the king in the North, whose name is Stark, I don't care if he's a bastard, Ned Stark's blood runs through his veins, he's my king from this day until his last day, the king in the North. Uh, the reason why that was so impactful, the reason why people loved that scene so much is because we had seen John fail so much and keep trying and failing and trying and failing right it's it's like i it's like i've tried to explain to people because people have told me that the booking for daniel bryan leading up to wrestlemania 33 was wrong it wasn't it was like it was brilliant booking because they had him keep failing and they had him keep being held back and then so when they finally said no here's your hero everybody embraced it because everybody was searching for it so i just feel like You know wrestling is storytelling right so to me a big part of building baby faces is having them struggle right and i just you know after watching this match i was thinking like could you guys not get like five minutes out of this 17 for the heels to take over because there literally wasn't that much time where the heels were in charge in this match and watching it just made me sort of question it like this is and again like you're you're the worker but to me, it's bad storytelling. It's like, you have to see them struggle. Otherwise it's just video games, you know?
7: Mm. Uh, Well, who's Jon Snow in this situation? Yeah. And to your point, um, to to your point, uh, Luchasaurus struggles with everything he does. So he's obviously (laughs) the biggest hero of all. Right. Um, So uh, yeah, I, I, I look, I, you know, you don't have to explain this to me. I totally get everything that you're saying. But it, in this type of a match, the, the, the opening 10-man of a random AEW Dynamite that no one will remember in a week, let alone a year, let alone five years, let alone ten years, who cares, um, is the ultimate point. Um, so that, that analogy better served for something that's like uh, a Hangman Adam Page or somebody, you know, if you want to tell that, uh, which I think they kind of did uh going by your uh you know the hero's journey deal even though they still could have done aspects of it better and they certainly i certainly wouldn't call the booking up to wrestlemania with daniel Bryan brilliant I, I wouldn't use that word but i i see what you're saying um but yeah for this it's just like eh let's get some action out there and whatever and a lot of some sometimes sometimes the uh the good guys don't win that's that's the the story that we're we're telling here So even if they even if they dominate all it takes is just one one slip up and it's over and that's the lesson that we're supposed to take from this if anything um yeah but you know
6: but jimmy yeah. <laughs> what do you th- you love it right it's your oh, favorite yeah. match oh hell match yeah this was this was my favorite match by a mile but before i talk about my favorite match i'm afraid we're gonna have to go <laughs> i'm afraid we're gonna have to go to a break because guess what's coming up fellas It's Hogan's Corner, brother. We'll be right back in just after a short couple of minutes.
8: And now, here's another edition of Hogan's Corner. Well... The night was January 4th, 1999, brother. And that was the night of oh, the Finger Poker Doom, brother. You see, I was a team player, brother, and lost the title to Goldberg, dude. Even though he was greener than the fucking frog, dude. But okay, River River, brother, get it? <laughs> anyways big sexy kevin ash whips his fucking ass to win the title dude and he calls me out brother i was like hey brother i'm running the B L president of the fucking world brother but okay okay except and on january 4th goldberg harasses Miss elizabeth brother and goes to jail brother that fucking criminal dude and when kevin ash says he's gonna fight me the people start dancing in the fucking aisles they're pop lucky no joke brother they're really doing that shit also there's the show where tony Schiavone says well big foley's gonna put butts in dude, fucking idiot, but anyways, then the match starts, brother, and after Kevin Ash rips off his fucking shirt a la Hokamania, brother, I use an ancient Shaolin monk pressure point trick, brother, and boom, F-P-O-D, brother, finger poking doom, dude, we fooled you all, you fucking idiots, but actually, this wasn't my idea, brother, it was either that fucking satanic vanilla midget Kevin Sullivan or that fucking retard Eric EZ Bishop, dude, so this bullshit finish wasn't my fault, brother, because you know what? why because i'm just too sweet and what you're gonna do when another hogan's corner runs wild on youtube terrible is out brother and that was another installment of hogan's
1: corner
5: all right well thank you very much to uh mr hogan uh mr Bolea, for that uh for that wonderful little uh little side note there um yeah i still say you're a racist asshole. um but let's move on um you know m- me who mispronounces every japanese name at every chance that i possibly get thinks you're too racist Hulk hogan uh <laughs> perspective um <clears throat> all right so speaking of perspective we start the we start to show off with a 10-man match uh jamie has explained to us why that is a good thing for workers um, you know, even if it's something that maybe as fans we roll our eyes at a little bit, um, and we follow that up with a six-man match. Um even easier powerful. Yeah. <laughs> proud and powerful with Eddie Kingston versus 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Um <sighs> Jimmy, what is the deal with Daniel Garcia? Why why can't I why can't I like this kid?
6: dude first of all he's the kid of 2.0 apparently it's their son I'm not judging i'm they, just saying
5: they legitimately said that in a, in a promo twice actually they call him their son so
6: why are we getting some sort of story arc about why he's the son of 2.0 i mean do you guys know why he's the son of 2.0 because i don't so can someone like fill me in here or what am i missing i <sighs> You explain it, Chris. These are your people. <laughs> <laughs> oh
5: my nice. goodness.
6: Nice you played, Vit. Nice. Yeah, Chris, oh, explain it to I, us, man.
5: You know how it is. You know what? You know what? They're from southern Ontario. We <laughs> don't we don't have any association. whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, yeah, whoa. Wait
6: a minute. They're from Quebec, I believe.
5: Oh, well then we really don't have any association. That's like someone claiming that New Zealanders are Australian. Those people oh, wow. don't really belong to us. I call um, them sheep
6: fuckers, Chris, but that's another story.
5: Yeah, well. Um I I kid my my Quebec friends. Um, you know, anybody, you know, we we, we simply don't have enough listeners to just uh tell people to fuck off um we we love you quebec (laughs) quebec is fantastic and i would i would never denigrate anything about no i'm just kidding um this whole thing just bothers me here's why i don't like daniel garcia okay because he's actually really really good at selling the fighting from underneath like um i believe him when when you see like you know his face and the way that he works and he really does this really great job of selling from underneath. Here here's 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 the thing though. He's a heel who sells from underneath <laughs> constantly in every match. I I don't I don't think that's logical. I, I maybe he's just trying to put into, you know, practice everything that he's learned in pro wrestling school. Um but to me a heel isn't supposed to do this, at least not throughout an entire matchup. Uh, Jamie, uh, give us some, give us some of your, of your wrestling knowledge. I mean, heels fighting from underneath. Uh, Yes. No. Uh,
7: That's going to be a no from me, dog. Um, (laughs) And the sad part is like, he doesn't look like, look, if you're, if you're of the size and build and general, stature that 2.0 can claim you as their son i don't think you should be beating anybody down um to be honest so maybe he shouldn't be a heel either do you guys like his charisma you know like his charisma which is i just scream at the top of my lungs
6: like that's my charisma guys ah that's char- yeah. charisma yeah like, as jericho would say
9: oh 20- yeah take 20-20. that hogan
7: I don't to show you, brother. Um, yeah, just uh, look, I have two messages. Like, I say this sometimes, like, I have two separate messages for the parties involved here. I have one message for Daniel Garcia himself, and the message is simply, Make your money, kid, make as much <laughs> money as you can, and hopefully, you get out in one piece. My message to the company, AEW, or anybody else that would hire him, is, What are you doing? Why is this guy not on elevation? Um, Why is he in matches with guys that he has no business being in there with when you're like, it's, it's what, what, uh, what Chris is saying about, I don't want to see a 10 man tag on this random show after I shovel snow for 13 hours. That's one thing. Um, But Seeing, but if you're tuning in to see CM Punk's first match on TV in a while and it's against Daniel Garcia, like that's another thing. Um, great for Daniel Garcia to be the tune up for returning, you know, modern legend, but uh, bad for basically everybody else involved. Um, and so these are the things that we have to consider. It's not that there's no place for him in wrestling. It's just that the place that he's in is is skyrocketed to the top. Why do I feel and I'm sure you guys probably feel the same. uh, Why do I feel like uh, these clowns um, and again, nothing personally against them, but I'm just talking about in the context of their presentation. These guys are clowns. However, I feel like they're much more serious and seriously booked than uh, I don't know the Undisputed Era.
6: (laughs) (laughs) And this is what like, I don't understand. Shouldn't these,
7: shouldn't these spots be kind of kind of swapped here? Um, these guys shouldn't be getting the national TV time. There was a time when Daniel Garcia couldn't get off a of Dynamite, <laughs> and then you got you you got real real good workers, you know, on the YouTube shows. Um, yep. So it's like pay some dues, I guess, is the, is the main thing I would say. Um, but I don't see. Daniel Garcia do anything like egregiously offensive in the ring I mean what you're talking about Chris with the the selling and stuff like that's a psychology problem that most wrestlers have in in wrestling today so I'm not going to hold that against him Um, you know I'm not even sure that's up to him the way the matches are laid out and stuff because when you're this new you're not going to be telling people yeah this is what we're going to do kid uh so exactly. but, he could just be doing what he's told to do or whatever any given situation um so you know but i've eaten sandwiches bigger than him <laughs> and so therefore like i want to see him i want to see him in a different just a different placement
5: for now he's miscast oh he's sure. miscast yeah. is what it is because because sure. i'm i mean it when i say that he actually does a good job of fighting from underneath like he does look desperate. He does have that good, like that good desperation. And even like the yelling, I mean, it's too much, but that's something that you can forgive out of a young wrestler. Right. And this is a, I'm, I was so glad to hear you separate the talent from the booking Um, because, you know, on our last show, we did the extra, we did the year end and we were talking about hook and there was a lot of talk, you know, in the IWC about, Oh, he's no selling a pile driver. Fuck this kid. And I remember saying to Jimmy, like, I guarantee you he didn't tell bear country like (laughs) you give me a pile driver and I'm going to fucking no sell it. And if he did, then, yeah, fuck that kid. But his dad told him that. Yeah, for sure. What I I mean is like that's not the talent, right? That's that's on the booking. And if the booking is wrong, that's where I get this. Like, like, what is this company doing with this kid? Because I think that like, you know, like, I think I completely agree with what you said. Daniel Garcia, he, he has a place on the card. And it's as an underneath baby face right now. And mo- like, that's how most guys kind of cut, cut into the business, right? Being a baby face is sort of like in a technical aspect, most people will say that it's easier to be a baby face than a heel. They're both difficult to, to truly get right. But you know, being a baby face is a little bit easier because if you're an underneath baby face, you can just learn how to sell for a while, which is excellent like training. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jimmy, what, do you, what did you think about this match? And um, did you have anything? Did you have anything else to say about it? Because like I, I just had a hard time really getting past this, and everything else in the match just kind of felt like, uh, I don't know. Like I, I just I was very interested in sort of talking about Daniel Garcia, and yeah, his miscasting. I think is probably the best way to put it.
6: Well, to be honest, guys, the way you guys both put it, <laughs> there's nothing more really to to elaborate about because. What I don't understand, and yeah, I did zone out during this match, I won't lie. But what I don't understand is, you guys talk about miscasting and stuff like that. Why are these guys pushed so, so, like, good compared to... Now, people complain they've got a, a bloated roster, right? They've got all these guys and girls. They've signed so many wrestlers. Yet, these guys are getting spots that others should be getting, in my opinion and for whatever reason i don't know what they've done like i don't know if they if they suck up to tk or what it is but for whatever reason he sees something in him and they continue to get booked pretty strong even if they lose but they win though that's the thing they continue on winning where do we go from here i don't know man but they they didn't even have time to suck up to tk they were on top night one yeah, exactly. On Rampage, I think it was when they debuted. That's the first time I saw him in AEW. I know uh, 2.0 was in NXT previously, but like, why? Like, yeah, I you just couldn't have get... even undone
7: your belt buckle and zip yeah. your pants down <laughs> fast enough <laughs> before they were already like jumping
6: people in the back, main eventers in oh, the back, right? I mean, seriously, man. Either they're good political players. I mean, that's the only thing I can come up with. Or I don't know, man. Maybe. I don't know. I just don't understand. They're talented guys. Don't get me wrong. They're they're all right. They're not bad. They can work. But Daniel Garcia, who is he? I don't even know his history. Does anybody know where he came from? No, nobody nope.
7: does. Not a clue. Well, nope. I mean, well, they- I mean,
6: I've heard it, but I know he's not been
7: around a long time. Like I know he hasn't. So, and now what this. you just
5: brought up, Jimmy, is is one of the major problems that I have with AEW on a whole. Like on the whole, like I don't know this kid. And I don't know the next guy and I don't know the next guy and I don't know the next guy. And they don't like, they do a good job with a few guys telling their story. Right. I mean, Adam page, I think I pretty well understand who Adam page is and where he came from and the story and the journey that he's been on. But Daniel Garcia, I have no idea. I don't even know where he's from. I don't know who trained him. I don't know any of those things. And as a wrestling fan, you do care just like, you know, if you're you know if you're a hockey fan for instance right you know what junior team the guy you're watching played for right if that's your guy you know what junior team he played for you know what his coach is expecting out of him you know you know different things about him what national team did he play for etc you know little bits of backstory about guys in regular sports and that's where they don't script things for guys so when wrestling doesn't do a good enough job of giving me the backstory for their characters, I feel like that's just laziness or just inexperience or just whatever it is. It's not great. Like to me, you have no excuse to not give me the backstory for these guys. You also have every single moment that they're wrestling that you could, that you could be having a Jim Ross tell us, you know, Daniel Garcia grew up in the East side of Chicago and blah, 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 blah. He can just tell us that it, it, it's so easy to work that into commentary and I mean, it's like I'll never forget when when Powerhouse Hobbs turned heel. Right. And we were both watching it and I was laughing. I was literally laughing when we were reviewing that show, Jimmy, because I was like, who the fuck is this kid? Why do I care if he's turning? Trained I don't Hobbs. know who this fucking guy is.
7: <laughs> right. Well, they, the 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 messed up part about that is that they just explained his story about his brother who was killed in a shooting and stuff like that made him would have made him the biggest baby face ever, like two weeks before that
6: or, or however long it was. And then they're just like, Oh, but you're a heel now. So although do that. I do feel team Taz is kind of on the way to a baby face turn for whatever reason. I'll just see little snippets that there might be turning. You know what I'm saying? And, but anyway, enough of them for now. Well, they, as- they got the biggest baby face on their team. Well, yeah, exactly. Hey, the manhood, man, you know? I, I'm a hook. I mean, Greatest ever. I'm hooked. Seriously. I'm getting that shirt. I'm getting the Send hook shirt. <laughs> and the was- next time I come on here, I'm going to prove it. You know what, man? I've got to give you credit, Vet, because when I was listening to the, NXT, the, the Next Level podcast with you and Big Ray Hernandez, I was impressed at the fact that you saw what we saw. Because there's a lot of people out there hating on him for no selling, blah, 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 all that bullshit right so you know you you really justified in what we were saying because at the end of the day sure he no sold a pole driver but it's not like he said listen here big guy um you're going to give me a pole driver and I'm right. going to just spring right back up but what people don't understand that was a throwback to his dad his dad right. used to do that yeah and people seem to forget that shit and that's mm. all it was he's not going to be doing that all the time he's not the undertaker you know what i mean it was just right. a thing and in my opinion, the fans went crazy. It got over. What's wrong with that, right? Well, part well, I'll exp- I'll explain a little bit of that. I, I would
7: like to just add for the record that a certain excommunicated Hami Media Group member said <laughs> that he should go back to wrestling school and learn how to sell. Like that was a mistake he made, not a planned wow. spot, right? So what? once again, Mark's <laughs> really calling Marks that? Marks,
5: but he, hey man. he actually hey, said that. Yeah allegedly uh wow uh, yeah they were calling it in the ring and he just decided to get up after the pile driver like teddy hart like fuck you
7: yeah i'm thinking no so what do you think bear uh so (laughs) so uh, don't work for me brother
4: right yeah um
7: (laughs) no but part of what makes part of what made hook so great like as a debut if they just paraded this kid out there night one and said This is Taz's son, Hook. Here he comes. We'd been like, eh. But it's because we saw him standing there doing jack shit for the past however many months that it's like you have an unreasonable expectation built up. And then to to get what we got (laughs) was more than we could have ever imagined. But that's not to take away from how good it was anyways. Like,
6: Absolutely, man. Whatever
7: it is, the kids got it. And as a similar size and build to uh, Daniel Garcia, I'd much rather see more of Hook so yeah uh, let's let's shuffle garcia and 2.0 back off to the internet shows um and 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 send more hook but uh but yeah absolutely yeah, let's, let's get
5: let's get those guys back on the elevator of darkly elevated <laughs> elevation of darkness
6: do those mm-hmm. guys even wrestle on freaking dark elevators or freaking dark like seriously i don't think they do they're either on rampage or dynamite anyway so they're,
7: they're probably wrong. pulling a lot of double duty, getting their most of their wins to pad their record on those shows. And then <laughs> God, you know, sometimes getting a win on the main shows, but uh,
5: you know well, what drives me nuts. And I'm going to, I'm going to sort of ram this, this point home about 2.0 is that like, I realize that you could take the opposite view, but you could argue that they've actually been booked better than FTR in the mm-hmm. last month or so. And that's Fair egregious cool. to me. Like Absolutely. what the fuck?
6: No, yeah. that's true. He's got a point. You've got a point, Chris. I mean, it's true, man. FTR, talk about bipolar booking. You know what I mean? That's, that's FTR. That one minute, it's, it's always 50-50 with them guys, man, right now. And, and that's the problem. You were talking about earlier, Chris, about how AEW don't explain anything, right? That's been a problem since their inception. They expect the fan base to already know everyone's history. But the fact of the matter is, what I don't think what AEW realizes is that a lot of the fan base are actually new fans. There's a lot of fans that follow AEW that have only been fans for the last you know, five years, say. And it's that's a fact. It's true, man. Even older fans, they're just tuning in right now. You know what I mean? So, And they don't have a clue. They think they have a clue, but they really don't have a clue. So I, I just don't understand why they don't do little things like explain who this guy is, where he came from, why is there? For whatever reason they just choose not to. Well, if you guys would spend some of your precious time watching
7: Dark, Dark Elevation being <laughs> the elite and following everybody on Twitter, you would know all these backstories and they wouldn't have to tell you on Dynamite. <laughs> well, technically Lazy sons of
6: bitches. <laughs> well, technically I know the hey. backstories me personally, but like yeah, yeah
5: listen night one cody came out and said that we don't have to watch the shoulder content and we'll be yeah. able to follow along just watching the main roster shows so <laughs> well believe
7: in cody now who's a mark <laughs> oh god uh, we'll
5: get to but that soon. The, the
7: most important part of this entire match we haven't touched on at all and i want to hear both you guys thoughts on it um eddie kingston's girdle
6: oh yes did it oh, help god. or did it not
7: it did not <laughs>
6: No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Guts still pouring over it. Okay. Oh, dude, man. Even my missus over here made a comment about it, dude, straight up. She was shocked. I'm not going to lie. And you saying that it's funny because the fact that my missus actually pointed that out, it didn't work, bro. Mm, well, that's what she need. Just get him in a
5: Yankees t-shirt. Like, <laughs> Honestly.
7: That's
6: it. that's it. Official
7: Jersey. Uh, <laughs> dude. That's what. Look, like, I'm going to say this. It's going to sound bad the way I say it, but that's <laughs> what case. women are good for. Right. <laughs> because because um they uh, like beautiful. the first thing they'll see in w- when they walk through the room, when they walk through the living room and see you watching wrestling, the first thing they'll see is everything cosmetic. Right. And, yep. and that's you have to assume that's what everybody's gonna see. Right. Even if it's subconscious. Like absolutely as men, we may forgive a lot of the presentation stuff because we're we've seen it, we're used to wrestling and whatever. The women, though, they're gonna represent that first time viewer that you're talking about. Like every show is somebody's first show. So when yep. you see Eddie Kingston in this match, you're not gonna know how good of a promo he is, or you know what his worth is as a as a talent you are just be like, look at this fat guy trying to hide his gut, and oh, that is not, you know, it's 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 worth the extra work to slim that gut down legitimately <laughs> um, than to put spanks on uh, oh, and and try to try to convince us of what we already all know anyways. Uh, otherwise, so
6: um, just just throwing that out there as a little. Can I just say, you know what made it worse? The fact that the cameras were trying to get away from his gut. You know what I'm saying? And and that, to me, drew my attention even more. Not that I care, right? Sure. But it's just, you could just so tell that production was trying to cut away from his gut and just showed, like, pretty much here up. But uh, speaking of uh, Kingston and Jericho coming back after a little hiatus from, from Fozzy, um, I just want to point out now are we getting a Kingston, you know, sort of taking over the inner circle type of dealio, or are we going to get LAX and Kingston pretty much forming together and getting away from the inner circle?
5: Oh, are we going to, are we going to get that where there's multiple people trying to figure out who's in what group and where, group where the group it's is, and what part dude. of the group they belong to? Cause it's I'm pretty sure we did that in the main event too. So right. I don't know. Maybe we, we shouldn't slay the dragon in literally every single segment. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe we should save slaying the dragon for the main event or something. I they blow
6: their loads, guys. That's just how AEW rolls, man. I mean, Vet, what do you what think do is I know? Yeah, oh,
5: what sorry. do I know? I'm a Mark Vet. What do you think? You, like, <laughs> do, you, do you like the idea of them having multiple segments where they're talking about who's in what group and what group they're going to join, and you know, this who's joining what? action stuff yeah it's my favorite
7: moving on <laughs> sure. yeah what do you think i mean
5: no, anything
7: anything that's just re- like you you generally want to avoid repetition uh, except if it's like designed for a purpose or whatever but like uh when everybody's just randomly doing the same thing it's it it it, it is annoying you want to be very wary of that um you don't even want, you know, when you're a wrestler, you don't even want to wear the same gear color as your opponent. You know, yeah, it's just
6: absolutely. try
7: try to stand out, try to be different, try to do something different. And um, I don't know if this is like, if Tony Khan is the one that's single-handedly writing all this stuff down and planning all this stuff out, then um, it, it seems weird that he wouldn't catch this since he's the only one doing it. Or is he doing it on purpose? Like, hey, everybody should have identity crisis about what group they want to join. Oh, uh, come on, that's that's compelling television, folks. Come on. Yeah, except it's not. So <laughs> I, I just I, I don't know, but um, yeah, just uh, like like Chris said, like we don't mm. need this. We don't need to slay the dragon every single time. Uh, and that's- that maybe
6: maybe if it's Luchasaurus, we can slay him. But
2: oh man, uh, <laughs>
6: I can't stand. Anyway, look. The thing is, man, I felt like this show in particular was just a throwaway show. Like, really, mm-hmm. it pretty much was. What was it? New Year's bash today? What was yeah. it? Is
5: that what it was called? New Year's smash, New Year's something. Oh yeah, New Year's
1: Smash.
6: I mean, and what's next week? New Year's what?
5: Mm-hmm. It's a New it's Year's. the first episode on uh, TNT next week. I don't well, know. Well,
6: I know. Ne- I think this week's was New Year's or TBS. smash, and next Sorry. week is New Year's bash. I mean, can't you come smash up with something bash? more original? Yeah, smash bash
7: whatever it's whatever hasn't been copyrighted and trademarked or whatever yeah. up to this
6: point i know they so. try so hard to be wcw this be honest crash Year's crash or, or we'll get
5: we'll get uh guns or, and roses in there yeah, it'll yeah, be new, new year slash or, yes. like
6: <laughs> or new it. year's cash i mean Ooh. come on there you go see johnny
5: cash yeah, maybe, not not cash maybe we can properly push wheeler yeah yeah that's new what i was gonna cash. say not that's from
7: ftr but right. speaking of cash jimmy did you see the guy in the audience that had the please bring the rainmaker to aew sign no i missed that was it really oh, a sign? please oh, keep him man. as far away from this mess as possible that's what I, that's <laughs> oh, what i'm geez. saying don't don't sully the great rainmaker with this foolishness dude
6: tell me one thing though vit it, hmm? how awesome though would it be for him just imagine the lights just go out you hear the coin just drop no no and then you, just, awesome. you see the rainmaker in the middle of the yeah. ring no. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're saying and you're right, but I think the place would absolutely go bananas. <laughs> you know what I mean? It it would, but then we'd get him
7: against daniel garcia or something and that's Maybe. not what we want oh god and he loses yeah,
6: He he, and he, he loses. Feud with
5: uh orange cassidy that's oh, right know. no he wouldn't do and that because outside I outside
6: interference they're, yes they're no, part of chaos no, chris
5: chris they're they're, they're all
9: in chaos, chaos. they exactly. are on the same
7: team there's no question yeah. about them we Enough. we know that orange cassidy and okada are teammates for sure uh but anyways yeah just just uh
6: throwing that out there uh you guys want to move it along or well, first yeah, of all, along. I would rather have at least Jay Lethal be in AEW. You know what I'm saying? Because right now he needs... I don't know why he got sent to Impact Wrestling in the first place. That is just below him. Literally below him. He would have been much better off, in my opinion, in AEW. It is what it is. But Because how of,
5: else are they going to push push Daniel Garcia, goddammit?
6: Yeah, I imagine him going over, the, over Jay Lethal. That would be absolutely travesty. But anyway... With a, right <laughs> With a tear in my eye. With a tear in my eye. We're doing the Ric Flair promo, but yeah, boys, let's move right
5: along because this the show... Cream is-
2: always falls to the bottom.
6: Oh,
5: yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Not to the top. I'm going to avoid doing that so I don't ruin my voice. Um, <laughs> next up here, MJF, he's backstage. He tells Wardlow that he's going to get involved in the ladder match for the face of the revolution to get a title shot at the TNT uh, championship, and he's going to hand that to MJF. Uh, They bring in Mark Sterling, smart Mark Sterling, um, who tells him that that's part of his contract. I didn't care about any of this, but here's something that I loved Um, over the last little bit here. uh, The announced team to me is overselling MJF as a bastard um, to the point where it's it's actually not telling the story. It's inserting the announced team into the angle. you know, it's not just, oh, this, he's despicable and he does all these terrible things to win matches and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's like, he's a bastard. and He's the worst person who's ever lived. And I love that Excalibur asks JR, is there anyone lower than MJF in pro wrestling? And JR, reliable, intelligent, brilliant JR, responds with, well, he's doing everything that serves MJF. So is he low or is he just really smart? So I just want to... I just want to supplicate whatever deity exists, if it's God or Odin or or Zeus or like whoever the fuck you are, please don't let Jr. die, okay? Don't let that happen because he is a shining beacon of fucking light in the wilderness of professional wrestling. Um, well, well can't
6: just say, Chris, Jr. St- stomped a mud hole in Kansas, butt, dude. Let's be honest, he absolutely kicked it ass, and I'm just happy that he's back, man.
5: Absolutely, uh, Vet. What did you think about the commentary? Am I am I wrong? Was it not too much? Was this commentary team doing a good job selling MJF, or do they need to tone it down a little bit?
7: They always do too much, but again, that's directed. Like no one's yeah. going into business for themselves, so it's just there, there's uh, you know the the story of AEW is inconsistency, it's inconsistency from week to week among certain you know talent and what they're doing inconsistency among the, uh, the different, uh, you know, factions and stuff and how one thing is handled one week and how another thing's handled another week. There's no like precedent set. Um, So, you know, it's just, it's always going to be inconsistent. So um, I like what JR said here, which is good because a lot of what JR has done on commentary for AEW as much as I love JR, but he's pretty comfortable And he just kind of like sometimes he talks like he's just on his podcast where he's having imaginary arguments with Internet fans. Um, He's he's like asking questions that nobody's asking and answering them, you know, on the air. (laughs) And so like he gets he gets a little bit of comfortable there. Um, But when he does something like this, it's like, yeah, that's that's the junior I'm talking about make some sense out of this foolishness. So, yeah, I don't like but I, I don't like any anywhere where like Tony Shavani is like overly part of the the angles and stuff like that. Uh It should. It, I don't mind them doing it sometimes. It's kind of funny, but it should be much more subtle than they do it. Is, is my absolutely my suggestion.
6: I, I agree one hundred percent, man. Go for Chris. Yeah, and, and like he I should be struggling
7: like... to maintain objectivity.
6: Like <laughs> yeah. he shouldn't just yeah, be calling fine. this little. Like when he
7: comes out, just don't be like, this little son of a bitch. Like don't you know? Come on, like the announcers <sighs> can't be swearing, bro. Just come on, unprofessional, you know. But, but like, he, sh- it, it should be stuff like Shivani prompted to say something, and he's just like kind of, you know, trying to pass it off or mutterings, like, well, you know, it's you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. It shouldn't just be a,
6: you, son of a bitch. It, you know, well, it's a little sometimes, cartoonish sometimes. Shivani does no sell it though, man. If you've noticed, Not sometimes he does do that, but well, that's the consistency thing. Well, that's it, yeah. that's the problem, and that's exactly yeah, the and issue I mean- with, yes, yeah, sorry, Chris.
5: Well, and the word that you and I, Jimmy, have used since we started this podcast. I mean, bipolar. right from episode one, this company is bipolar. <laughs> yeah, they, They'll they have one segment that you watch and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, I just watched 20 minutes of perfect professional wrestling. Like, that, that was fucking awesome. That was brilliant. And then in the next segment, it's like, what the fuck kind of idiotic motherfucking mark book <laughs> this fucking shit that didn't make any goddamn sense right and again i mean l- listen i i personally find the whole calling each other marks thing to be ridiculous we're all kind of marks you know like oh, we all we all we're all into wrestling i mean even to me like and i mean that I-, I know that there's there's semantics involved in like what word means what but i think that like a lot of people who are workers are marks too like a lot of them don't understand the subtleties of the of the craft which is why sometimes we get things like guys you know killing themselves in front of 14 people by you know jumping out of the ring and falling through 16 flaming tables and you're like dude just mm-hmm. settle down like do some do some basics um but yeah no I, i'm not a big fan of the whole like calling everybody marks but sometimes you're watching the show and you're like who the fuck booked this? That was dumb as shit. It's like the best example of this for me is the two weeks, is, is the week that Sting debuted and then the week after. Sting's debut, I would argue, was damn near perfect. He came oh, to the man. ring. He you didn't were say it anything. That day, bro. He pointed <laughs> his bat. And it was like, and to me, it was like, oh, this is great. Like Sting doesn't have to say anything. He can, literally, he can literally not say anything or have any matches. You can just book this guy as the fucking Phantom of the Opera for AEW, right? He just, he's there. You know he's there. He makes subtle appearances. Every once in a while, he does something big, and then he goes back away, and you're intrigued every time you see him, right? That's a great booking for Sting. And instead, the next week, He's going out there and like ah, oh, hey, hey tony shivani i'm happy to see you brother it's so fucking <laughs> cool to see you. hey everybody woo. like no what are you doing that's what i mean it's it's the bipolar of the booking in aew is shocking but for me as a western wrestling fan like i'd still rather watch aew and see the bipolar where at least you get in some brilliant as opposed to the wwe which I honestly, like, other than other than the Roman Reigns stuff, I haven't been able to watch anything over the last year. It's all bad. The
7: WWE was bad before AEW came into existence, and they have harshly regressed since then. Oh, harshly. Harshly. Because yeah. at least harshly. back then,
6: it was kind of watchable. It was just boring. Right. Yeah, now absolutely. it's actively insulting and bad. Yeah. And that's the thing, v- Let me ask you this, man, before we continue on. I don't understand, like WWE. I I know they can't be that stupid, dude. Like they yeah. just can't be, are they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they are. these this is the same company that kicked the shit out of WCW and every other promotion pretty much on the planet, you know, by running them out of business. And at one point, they were putting on decent shows, right? But when you really think about it, it goes back to, you know to two thousand and one. Once WCW got bought out and ECW as well got went bust, that's where the decline slowly started. If you look at the, even the ratings, it was a slow, gradual downfall. But what mm-hmm. I don't understand, what what really puzzles me, is Vince really that out of touch? I mean, yes, is
5: he, I mean, do you really, Vince is completely really out of that? touch, and Vince Vince has always been out of touch. Yeah, like, yeah, I was gonna, gonna say never, that. Thanks. Yeah, he's he. He's never really been the, the the genius behind WWE. I'm not saying he hasn't had some genius moments. He was a great performer, for instance, mm. um, one of the best. You've heels, got to give him that credit, um, right? Absolutely. But he always had brilliant people around him, and he always allowed them to 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 tell him, give him some ideas. He was that was that was the brilliance of Vince McMahon was that he was able to put brilliant people around him for so long. And now it's, it does seem like when you watch WWE, which again, I do as rarely as humanly fucking possible at this point, but when you do watch it, it's like, it, it is clear and it kicks you in the face when you're watching it. It's Nobody brutal, fucking brutal. cares.
6: Brutal dude. But see, the thing is, I think Vince is a great businessman. No doubt about it. You can't take Man. that away from him. I mean, come on come on i mean i'll take it away from him <laughs> yeah. but you know what he is good at all right you guys might not agree no i don't he- what is he what is he good at <laughs> he's good at marketing one wrestler at a time like for example if you like somebody he'll go to the moon literally with them but he's good at doing that i mean there's no mistake i mean look what he's done with Roman. well wait what no no jimmy no why?
7: What he Why did for Roman was suffer a succotash. What Paul yeah, Heyman true. has done that's for well, Roman yeah. Reigns is what you've been doing or what you've been seeing, excuse me. Um, that's the difference. When he gives up and hands it to somebody else, that's when you get everything good that Vince gets credit for.
6: Yeah, okay. Period. You, that's, that's a good point.
7: I mean, but do you, And do you even think... you talk about him being one of the greatest heels or whatever, it's like, yeah, I guess. At the it's time, it, it, it worked it worked but if you really go back and look at that it's cartoonishly mustache twistingly you know like over the top you know it was me
6: austin
7: yeah (laughs) like we (laughs) we we enjoy that to a certain point ironically
6: right
9: like
7: it's not legitimately good we wouldn't watch wrestling for legitimately good entertainment we were just (laughs) (laughs) in the the bubble of wrestling and it's like compared to whatever else you could have gotten before you know what I mean, but you, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna compare that to high art of no, cinema no. and stuff Absolutely like those. Not. You know what
6: I mean? You saying it's, that amongst the bubble of wrestling is 100 yeah. fact, right? And we we good- look
7: at the we look at the attitude era with rose colored glasses and stuff because you had some great talent that was there at the time, like the Steve Austin's and the rocks and stuff like that. And we were willing to accept the Val Venuses and the the Godfathers and stuff of that time, because it was just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, I was promised that Austin would be here later. So I'm watching it. (laughs) and we didn't have DVRs. So you had to be there. It was appointment TV. Everything's different now, but that's a whole other conversation that we don't have time to have literally, because you know, I got to get ready for work in an hour or so. So, um, but just just to just to kind of like to 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 talk to you about your point about where it started to go downhill for them it was probably this is just my theory though it was probably a little bit after 2001 because even then it could have been all right it was in 2002 whenever Vince let Stephanie start doing stuff that's, that's when you started point. seeing the old guard get replaced with the johnny aces and uh. all these 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 um human resource nobodies like uh
6: uh what's it mark like Carano's and, writers and shit like that
7: yeah and those guys that you know the Canyon Siemens of the world and shit like that like this is where you start seeing people have nothing to do with wrestling because hey we're a publicly traded corporate company now we got to do things this way you know and you mix that with carney and yeah. you had nowhere to go butt down
9: and that's yep, all yep. it was ever
7: gonna be. So that's why I like um, what Chris is saying about AEW being the alternative. It's not perfect. It may not even be good, but <laughs> it's, it's better than the, what we have looked at as the standard wrongly. And yeah. part of what my mission is on Hami Media Group and everything, since I get to talk to the people and you guys and everything, is I want to undo the brainwashing that has been done to everyone by sports entertainment. So if I can yep. do that one person at a time, then I'll feel real good about all the time and and
6: that I spent uh, in my training and education. Well, speaking of time, we're going to take our final break. You've been listening to the PwC Wednesday Night Squirmish right here on the PwC Network and at markmedia.com and pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com. We'll be right back.
9: What is going on there to all the PwCites out there? What is going on to all the skirmish fans on the PwC networks? This is the scholarly one. This is the magnanimous one, but most importantly, this is the glorious one, the Professor Chaubeva Cruz. And I got a special treat for all the skirmish fans out there on the PwC networks. Your man Jimmy T came to the Professor and asked him a burning question. He asked the Professor, is there any chance that the Professor's perspective will ever, and I mean ever, come back? On the, on the airwaves ever again. And I thought about it. I looked in the mirror and I said, does the world need the professor's perspective now more than ever coming in 2022? And the answer is yes. With people like Nick Khan in WWE, with people like Tony Khan in AEW, with all the releases, with ROH going you know, down the toilet, there needs to be an objective viewpoint about these situations. With all the people in the wrestling groups with their biasness, you need a man that's scholarly enough to give you an objective view on everything that's going on in professional wrestling. And that man is moi, the Professor Jabba Veracruz. Yes, the man who once called Ring of Honor the bitch boy job of promotion on his very own professor's perspective. The man who confronted P- PMS Bitch Boy, AKA CM Punk, and was the first man to be blocked on Twitter from him with the PWS crew. Yes, that is that professor's perspective. And it will be coming exclusively to the PWC networks. It will be coming exclusively to a, a special skirmish here and there. But most importantly, it will be coming as a special sideshow here on the PWC networks. Yes, that is right. The professor's perspective, if you never heard about it, it is coming back here exclusively on the PWC networks. It is coming back here exclusively on the PWS networks at Pybeam.com. So stay tuned, PWCites. And here, the most scholarly viewpoints on professional wrestling. Stay tuned, PWCX, for the most glorious viewpoints of our AEW, WWE, MLW, New Japan, Mexico, and all points in between that has something to do with professional wrestling. That is the professor's perspective here on the PWC Networks. Look out for it in the coming months. Exclusively here on the Pro Wrestling Coalition Networks. I am that man, the Professor Chabuva Cruz. Stay tuned. PwCites, stay tuned.
5: So the next thing we've got to talk about here on the show um well i think that cody rhodes has finally done it i think he's finally done something truly brilliant because and hear me out here i think he turned dan lambert face today too. not even by being there um Lambert starts talking. He's in the middle of the ring. He starts talking. He First off, he says, Arn Anderson used to be a horseman. Now he's just a whore, um, which got huge boos uh, from this crowd. They did not want to hear anything that he had to say. Um, but he actually, he keeps talking about how much he hates Cody, and the crowd starts to turn a little bit. They get quieter, and they're like, okay, I guess I want to hear what this guy kind of has to say here. He's talking about Cody badly. We like this a little bit. That's okay. Um, and yeah, by the by, the time he was done talking about Cody, he was literally getting cheers. He was getting more cheers than he was getting booze um, by the end of what he had to say about Cody Rhodes. So congratulations, Cody. Um, you turned Dan Lambert face. I, I, I didn't think that was possible in AEW, but um, Wow uh before we get into the brandy stuff um jimmy what did you uh what did you think about this
6: i love dan lambert man i just because at the end of the day he talks what the iwc are pretty much talking about online let's be honest right and what he said about brandy might have been a little too far right might have gone a little too far but she had to take the spotlight didn't she i mean cody wasn't out there it was fucking brandy you know what i mean i like this segment except it makes the men of the year look like idiots in my opinion that's the only problem i have but other than that it was all right it is what it is but sure i think dan Lambert maybe can turn babyface i think the more he talks this shit the more he'll get over as a babyface
5: but we'll see we will see um god uh Okay, so Dan Lambert gets done uh, being kind of brilliant, and then and then, um, ugh, yes, Brandy comes out. <clears throat> I said Brandy comes out. Um, she's she's real sassy. Um, <laughs> she, right she, she 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 calls Dan Lambert a, a, a fat face dipshit because that's funny still, right? That's because 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 Jericho called him that. <laughs> <laughs> why does this woman have to be on my television um yeah can i ask at one is... point she, oh, hang on i'm sorry okay, continue, uh, at continue. one point she says and i quote you're a black belt well i'm a black bitch which is super <sighs> lowbrow uh... Uh, this is bad we, like are we, are like, we even I allowed to say like, that i please. love lambert <laughs> I love Jeez. Lambert. Right. This was, this was, I don't know, man. Like, and the thing is, is like, if they are trying to do a heel turn for, for Brandy and Cody, if they actually are trying to do that, good on them. Cause they, I hate those two. I fucking can't stand those. But, well, but, and maybe it's just that I don't have faith in AEW, but it's, it feels like they're not doing it. I mean, they just put out a t-shirt for Cody that says, heel face winner on it and it's <laughs> really? got winner check marks ha 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 because yeah, he's not a heel or a face um tired old jimmy yeah tired exactly so tired there's no such thing as heels and baby faces in wrestling anymore go hey. fuck yourself that's, that's par There will say. always be antagonists, <laughs> and there will always be antagonists and protagonists in any story you're telling and if you and if you lean so far away from that that your audience doesn't understand who's who you will not grow your audience. That's my problem with this. Um, I, <sighs> Jamie, tell me, like, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I, is this just ridiculous? Because it it feels like they're really not going to pull the trigger on a heel turn.
7: Oh, um, I think uh, I see a lot of uh, John Cena, Cena and thank Cody. Right, because Cena did this thing at a certain point after 2000. And we'll say eightish or so where everything he did was like did was like a carefully calculated way to try to subvert the fans from booing him like sweet. he would try to he would try to to say things that nobody could boo like talking about how much he loved america or what you know what think things like that or 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 just just whatever um you know and 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 i think cody was there for all that and he really saw that and he thinks that he can really make the fans do whatever he wants them to do or feel however they want them to feel not realizing that they see through the artificiality of it yeah uh so like and it's bad if you get the AEW fans to go against what the story is telling them they're supposed to do because there's been times in the past that they have certainly played along with the booking like not what a a a smart wrestling fan would actually cheer or boo but they did it because they knew they were supposed to right right like right. you mean to tell me that they don't love everything mjf does but they oh, play along because yeah. they know they don't want to ruin the show because right. they're not supposed to
6: right absolutely yeah but cody is yeah. them just saying like all right look we're telling our truth now <laughs> you know yeah, that kind no, of thing and let's make no mistake about it cody's doing this all um it's all calculated man you know what i mean uh, well, well what 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 do you mean
7: calculated calculated that he's going to turn heel or calculated that he thinks he can get the fans to cheer for him. And he's failing at it because he doesn't know how it works.
6: That one, the latter, the latter, because, because at first I, I truly thought maybe this guy is clearly like, just doesn't have a clue. Like, you know what I mean? He's really trying to get over as a baby face, which is actually backfiring. But the thing is we saw this shit months ago. We're calling this on the very, on this very show. That, and we'll saying Chris and, Chris and I, if he's not careful, the fans are going to boo him, right? That's exactly what happened. I don't know if it was spontaneous or not, but he's running with it right now. You know what I'm saying? So, it is what it is. He's definitely doing the Cena fucking thing, 100%. The only difference is we've seen a, it didn't really get to him. It didn't bother him. He just went along with it sort of thing and actually stuck with his guns. You know, credit to him. Because now... When he came back in recent times at least he got cheered you know what i mean because he's earned that respect but cody yeah man he's just he's just an egomaniac in many ways man like he really is
5: and the problem with trying to be john cena is that you're actually not in the same crowd like this is not the same wrestling crowd that shows up for monday night raw um and on raw he could get away with being kind of a tweener because you know you go to a, a you know you go to monday night raw there's kids everywhere right and their moms are there with the kids or their dads there just to support the kids or whatever but there's all these kids in the audience right and so you can get the chant going of uh, let's go cena cena right? sucks let's go cena cena sucks cuz there's still lots of adults in the audience right but there's plenty of kids too and i can tell you from experience i was at full gear and I remember somebody was trying to figure out like if they could find me in the audience and they said, well, describe yourself. And I said, I'm a white guy. Who's about six, 220 pounds. I have a red beard and black hair. And they said, that's literally everybody in this fucking audience right now.
7: So you forgot black t-shirt.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it was red actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was standing out cause I'm Canadian. Um, <clears throat> oh, sorry, Chris. I mean, geez. But, uh, but no, like it, it doesn't feel like it's the same audience. You are not going to get a let's go Cody, Cody sucks thing going. I just don't think that you can do that with the demographic that they have for the audience in AEW. And um, yeah, I, I feel like this is, if that's what he's thinking, I feel like he's failing. And I, I'm not above saying if he's going for like a really slow, like almost torturous heel turn, I think he's doing a pretty good job in that, I fucking hate him. But I don't know if it's on purpose. A part no, of me really watches this and just thinks these people don't fucking understand their audience.
7: Right? No, it's it. This is the smacks of desperation, everything he's doing. Yeah, the fact that he does. trotted Dan Lambert out there in the first place. Yep. He's like, well, who who could who could they never choose over me? Dan Lambert, I guess. Yep. So it's his turn now. And you know what I mean? So it's like, we, if you're smart, you can see what they're doing,
6: Absolutely. but,
7: but it, it's, uh, so it is kind of pathetic, but also at the same time, like, I kind of get what he's how he feels because he, he wants to turn them. If he can turn them and, and get them back on his side, that will mean that will validate everything he thinks about himself. The other part, of him besides John Cena is triple H yeah. he is the child of John Cena and triple H and, and those guys spent a lot of time, whether it's in front of the camera or behind it, trying to get, trying to turn people. So he thinks he can do it. And he also, unlike those two guys has a famous daddy. So that's plays into it. He's like, you can't boo the son of dusty Rhodes, And I won't let, you know, th- th- he, he probably feels like with his With his misplaced, you know, magnanimous self, he's probably thinking like, "I, if if they boo me, it's like they're booing my dad, and I can't let that happen." Can't you just see Cody thinking that? Well, he did say that actually. He kind of well, even if he didn't, though, like that's probably what prompted him to say it,
5: right? I actually think it goes far worse than that in Cody Rhodes's mind. I think it's not even. I think it's not even if they if they boo me, it's like they're booing my dad. I think he honestly believes in his mind. If they boo me, it's like they're booing. It's like they're booing interracial relationships. Yeah, exactly. Equality like, and everything. It's like right. they're booing. It's like they're booing the the abolishment of slavery. Mm-hmm. It's like they're like that's what goes on in Cody Rhodes's head. That's how fucking delusional this guy comes. That's to the John boss. Cena
7: part. Yeah. Yes.
5: Yes, it is. Absolutely. So I, I mean, how much longer till Cody Rhodes is 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 telling us in Mandarin that there's no such <laughs> thing as Taiwan? Honestly, like how much longer? <laughs> Well, he's not that dedicated.
7: Cuz <laughs> cuz he will never have the John Cena work ethic. Exactly. Um but uh but yeah, so but to to this to this point um about Dan Lambert and everything, I've not really enjoyed anything Dan Lambert's done. Not that I don't enjoy Dan Lambert. It's just that in in a in a company that's had so much blatantly phony shit to bring in a guy with real fighters and try to do an angle with that, it it just doesn't work. You have ruined work. it already. Right. If you had done this company differently from the start, this might have been believable. But you yep. just, you bring in some washed up UFC guys and then you, you, uh, transition that into just another couple of pro wrestlers. Uh, you, and then you forget all about those other guys. To
5: having a super kick party uh, against, yep. uh, Orange Cassidy right. and Marco Stunt. No, right. you can't fucking do that. That's, that's right. just, it's too big of a leap from one thing right. to another
7: and you're come you're you're coming in and you're using inside baseball terms to to show off how smart you are to the business which again that's probably something he was told to do or at least encouraged like hey just go out there and whatever and you know that's a big problem in all of wrestling today is people using inside terms on television uh because they know the fans know but the casual people are like what are you talking about you right, know if you
6: absolutely, say, it's true you,
7: you can't separate that yep. you don't have to use your to go back to the game of thrones uh thing um remember that episode they accidentally left a starbucks cup in there okay it was a huge deal they did yep. they really did. yep and they oh, scrubbed God. that out and pretended like it never happened but we all saw it um <laughs> we we <laughs> know what funny. they did uh and But that, that is like, that is like what they're doing. Like anytime you say terms, you know, that are, that are inside, that's leaving a Starbucks cup on the set. Don't do it. Don't you know, Thanos doesn't call, you know, he doesn't say to Iron Man, like, I know who you really are, Bob. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it just doesn't happen. We have to get lost inside this fantasy world but unfortunately the tricky part is this fantasy world is based in reality in a lot of ways
6: right it's true so
7: that's where it gets tricky so the whole angle never worked for me and dan lambert never worked for me so it's a shame because he's really like they could have really used him um but instead uh it's just not coming across the same way he did make a comment about a cody getting a transformers tattoo i always thought it was kind of like the Shadowloo symbol from Street Fighter. Don't you see that more? Like, more of hey, the Death's hey, Head thing? That's like, a
6: good call. Or, from, and Bison or, or Absolutely Vega, Bison. depending on what part of the world you're in? That is, um, yeah, exactly. Vega or Bison. But that's a yeah. good call, Vet. That is actually a great call because it actually does look exactly the same. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was that because, I mean, Cody, it's well known that Cody has a lot of video game mm-hmm. logos on his attire anyway. Like, for example, uh, Lynx. It's got the Lynx logo. um, Didn't he have some metal gear shit too yeah 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 he did he did did, i think he's um even his uh attire at one stage was based off metal gear at one stage too so yeah Mm. no that's spot on man and it wouldn't surprise me if it was a bison clan whatever it was called logo you know what i'm saying so that's actually a great call yeah
7: and now his gear is based off homelander so if you uh if you want to talk about a guy that's a baby face to the public and then anyway uh so (laughs) that the angle here uh is you know dustin comes in to break up this uh this fight that never happens and he takes one shot
6: and uh if this was a match they would have got a three count off that one shot
7: like right. they could have
6: beat him you but see, isn't that a huge thing to do that the fact that cody didn't come out and send out his brother instead that's a pussy move right is it not it was his brother that went to protect his own wife where was well, cody? Did they ever say where cody was and why he wasn't there no i don't think they did not that I if they
7: did you could have explained it in one sentence but then again that goes back to what chris has been saying about the announcing not doing you know what they should be doing at all times and again we're not assigning blame to anybody or whatever we don't know whose fault things are but we're just saying in general the product that you're that you're presenting us but yeah yeah that's
5: important that's important because i really do i'm with you vet like i i blame the booking like when i see something really fail on tv i don't think Oh, these wrestlers suck. Sure. You know, with with certain exceptions. I mean, I, I really do think the Young Bucks are terrible wrestlers. Like they do the exact same match over and over and over again. It's the same thing. They don't sell, um, or they do sell, but it's an oversell. They they're,
7: they're great I, move-doers. That's they're what they're great. great Move doers.
5: They're fantastic acrobats, but they're not workers. I don't Stummit. see them and think that they can work a match. <laughs> I I just I just don't. Okay, the psychology but, aspects. But I don't have a
6: clue, but yeah. yeah, they've
5: got nothing of that, like zero. Jake the Snake Roberts literally had an entire career all where psychology. all he was good at was psychology. That's it. It's mm, so the one thing he could do, and he had an entire Hall of Fame worthy career. Okay, and S.A. Rios is not making the Hall of Fame. That's, Rios. That's I'm
6: oh come on! Oh god, you didn't just say that, Miss Lita? We need no it. no class of twenty twenty two. Essay Rios. <laughs> <laughs> whatever happened to S.R. Rios jeez that's the name I've been heard in a long I, time
5: I don't know but I am going to tell you what happened to Thunder Rosa next that's oh. what we call a transition in the, in the podcast I called these life. Chris I called it dude you, you remember exactly though when we were talking about this and somebody, and I think it was Jargo said oh I want to see Thunder, Thunder Rosa win and I was like no she needs to be going after the main event right. he said well then how do you get her to lose and I'm like well somebody can come in and Fuckery. make her lose to Jay <laughs> yeah. Gart our- yeah exactly you know aew's not above fuckery um anyway i do want to point out before we get into the match proper uh thunder rosa comes out dressed in wolverine attire and he's canadian so there's oh, a mark for Canada. <clears throat> god damn it all
7: right uh, a mexican so, dresses as a canadian in florida it's great
5: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hey where else can you get all this shit but america right you got all kinds oh, of shit. amalgamations wow yes. um I love Florida. Just I'm pointing that out. Um, so the story for this match is an obvious one, um, but that's not bad. Like it's really not bad. In fact, I think that obvious stories should be told more and more clearly more often in professional wrestling. The story here is how does the scrappy aggressive and plucky underdog find a way to defeat the bigger, stronger bully? This is storytelling 101. It's the most simple thing in the world. This is, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll get a little pop out of out of my Greek friend here when I say this is how does Hercules slay the Nemean lion? Um, (laughs) it's basic storytelling and it's so nice when they have a story in a match that even though there was some clear and unquestioned, you know, slip ups here where, uh, I don't think Jade Cargill is smooth yet and I'm not blaming her for that. She's still pretty new, um. There was a few obvious slip-ups where people had their feet in the wrong places and things like that. But the fact that they told a story through this match is going to make me say, I liked this match. Um, Jimmy, what did you think about it?
6: I actually did like this match. Heck, I dare say it was the match of the night in many ways. Even though that's that's not a great thing because really, it wasn't the best match. But she did make Jade Cargill look pretty good. And I'm talking about Thunder Rosa. I mean, when was the last time we've seen... Jade Cargill pull off any of the any of those moves. I don't think we've ever seen her do that much before. So in saying that, I think Thunder Rosa done her job, made Ch- made Jade Cargill look pretty strong, and you know, and she got the win as predicted by both of us. So, I mean, there's no doubt about it, Jade Cargill is going to win the TBS title. It's it's hundred percent. That belt was made for her right now, man. But enough of me, vet. Please say what you think, man. Um, I like the match, too, for the reasons that
7: you guys said. It Not everything is going to be pretty, uh, and, uh, it be. and it shouldn't um, there be. There are some things, though. This would be a perfect match for, like, what I was doing earlier with the <laughs> breaking down. Like, this would be a good, like, uh, uh, do a whole podcast on just review because to go through every little bit of this match, I'd have to be like, all right, pause, blah, 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 because <laughs> yep. I, I yeah, couldn't right. keep up with how, how many things, I, how many notes I would have. But I, I would want yep. the ladies there with me so they could hear what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like it would be beneficial to the things that they could work on. Of course, they would just be like, who the fuck is this asshole? But that that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Right. Uh, yeah. So just like little things, like, for example, these these details. Um, uh, well, before I get to the details, just real quick, the overall thing you you notice. Remember what I said, Chris, earlier about the, the general formulas of somebody's dominant the entire time and then at the end something happens and whatever well in this Mm -hmm. case you would expect that jade cargill would just dominate rosa and then maybe she'd get like a brief comeback at the end and either win or lose um but that really wasn't as much the case it was kind of even and then more like chopping the tree down uh, as a baby face and and going after the leg right uh so
5: which makes perfect sense for the story they're telling too because she's plucky she's the underdog right cargill's bigger than her how do you how do you win how do you how how do you win that right you got to try to take away the person's base it's right only problem i love this match
7: love that but only problem with that is the leg is everything it's the base of everything that you do so ultimately for Jade to get all her shit in, she's got to ignore everything that was done to her. Right? This is the, she. She's got to uh, apply to the not the vet school, but the Seth Rollins school of selling, which is you can do whatever you want as long as you grab your knee afterwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, jump off whatever you want, land on whatever you want, do anything you want as long as you grab your knee so that we know, ow my knee, and then we're good. Uh, and that that we saw that here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, kip up, right? That's what you do after somebody has been viciously attacking your knee. So little things like that. That's why for somebody as inexperienced as Jade, who's really, I like where she's at, considering the limited amount of reps that she's got comparatively. And Thunder Rosa is not exactly what you would call a seasoned veteran. She's been in for like five years. And Rip Rip Rogers used to always have a saying, like however many years, right? So he'd be like, if uh if he's if he ever met thunder rosa he'd say how long you been working she'd be like five years and he'd be like five years five matches because mm-hmm. on the indies that's what you work you don't it's right. not like yeah, you right. get tv weekly you might get every few months whenever you can get booked right so you don't have that level of experience to match your years you spend a lot of wasted time um so she's not been doing this forever but she's clearly the veteran of these two right yep. um so I, I like where jade's at But these are, you know, these are the kind of things where, uh, you know, somebody has to, you know, explain these things and break these things down. I would go for a much, I wouldn't go for the leg because of exactly the reasons, you know. It makes sense to go for the leg if it's real, but you have to then figure out a creative way to not let her sell the leg so that she can still stand and do all the power moves that you want to see her do. I would have made this match completely different, but... It's not up to me, so I'm judging what they did do, uh, and and I liked it. But here's some little things. Uh, remember when at the beginning of the match, when Rosa did the cactus smash on her on the outside, right. and then uh, Mark Sterling, uh, like, yeah, he no, yeah, he she did it to Mark Sterling, right? And yeah. Jade wasn't like really hurt enough to be selling as long as she was for this to happen. So yeah. while while Rosa hits the smash and then she goes and appeals to the crowd like, yeah, come on, you know, does the baby face fire? As Jade is like perfectly healthy, just waiting for her turn to hit Rosa, right? Yeah, just standing behind her Like a quail. Like a quail. Like a quail. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, JR. So just, <laughs> so just in that sense, the timing could have been like as soon as she nails Mark with the smash, she turns around into a clothesline or boot or whatever. It shouldn't have been the fire up, you know, as... You know it's the same same thing as like when you know when somebody gets distracted by somebody that's making their entrance in the ring and then they go stand by the ropes while the person is like completely healthy and ready to attack them from behind like you realize this person's standing up right like you you're you're not in a position to just ignore them in a in a fight so just little things like that um during the picture and picture break Rosa's going for single leg takedowns which again that's what you would do only problem is, We've already been fighting outside for five minutes, so this is devolved past wrestling at this point. The wrestling match has not has already broken down into a fight. Um, it's too late to go back to wrestling. Right. Like somebody needs to be in jeopardy here, and either you know, and, and selling, uh, whichever one. And then another thing, this is a this is a problem in wrestling: the hairbrush. Uh, some people that have heard me before know I talk about it. It's a pet peeve uh people just always brushing the hair out of their eyes if it's that big of a problem you got to do something about it put it up right. in a ponytail braid it something uh, but when you're selling you can't be brushing your hair Jade was on the ground at one point uh when Rosa's like trying to get the figure four on and stuff and her hair is like not in her face at all and she's still like doing it like out of habit um yeah. that just says you know red red flag this is phony Uh, this is phony bullshit. No one cares. Like not interesting. So I could, I could tear this match apart all night long. I don't have all night, but I'll just say I was, I was happy with what they did here. Um, considering all the factors involved. Uh, so yeah, I like this match too.
5: Yeah. I think that that's, I, I, and I, I think that's exactly sort of the point when you're, when you're watching wrestling, right. Um, you're you're trying to sort like I don't know I guess not everybody does it I guess clearly we have people who just talk shit and say everything sucks and fuck everything but you know you got to try to put things into perspective right so like were there some trip ups yeah is that annoying yes the you know is it clear and obvious when Thunder Rosa's waiting and like okay, like you're clearly not in the right place. I'm going to go stand over here and play to the crowd for a second while you get in position. Are you in position now? Are you in position now? God damn it, where the fuck are you? Now I can turn around because you're there. Yeah, that shit's obvious. And I mean, to anybody who's watched an amount of wrestling, you see it all the time too. I saw it earlier in the in the six-man match uh, with Proud and Powerful. Uh, Ortiz literally was holding the guy by the hair, standing there waiting for Ortiz, or waiting waiting, yeah, Santana was standing there Waiting for Ortiz to get back in the ring. Literally, just standing there, waiting for him. And you're like, "Fuck!" And they don't give a shit (laughs) anymore.
6: It feels like, man. It's like (laughs) that. It's just I don't care what anybody's like. That everybody's watching. How about
7: skipping ahead to the main event when Red Dragon is trying to figure out which, which way they're supposed to face to hit their double team move?
5: Oh my god! Oh god! Nobody (laughs) in this company seems to know what a fucking hard cam is. fuck?
7: Fuck the hard cam. Steve Austin said. They'll find you. So,
5: I guess so. Yeah. listen well, to
7: Steve
6: Austin, guys. Technically, right? I mean, technically that is the production's sort of job. But but yeah, man. I mean, that, that is just, oh, sorry to say, but retarded, man. Straight up. Oh, oh Jimmy, how could you? Sorry, I, 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 right. did, I said it.
5: <laughs> All let's right. Move so on, guys. getting Come into on. the finish. Yeah, let's move on for the finish here. Uh, Rosa gets jumped by somebody from the outside um she then takes cargill's finish takes the l um so here i am here's my notes literally it's so who jumped her i guess we'll find out sometime down the line after they build to it (laughs) never mind we're gonna find out right now and it's you must be a new
7: aew viewer chris
5: (laughs) yeah it's like they could have stretched this out like just fucking tell me next week like at least give me a moment to wonder who is this right because every you know Wrestling fans like mysteries, just like everybody else. Um, no, not a moment, not a moment to waste. We have to tell them exactly who it is and who they should be uh, booing. So, an opportunity to build intrigue completely wasted here. I like Mercedes Martinez yeah. um, as far as being a talent. I think she's, I think she's very good in the ring. Um, the heels attack Rosa after the match. Ruby comes out to make the save. So the finals for the tournament will be Ruby Soho and Jade Cargill um vet what did you think about uh first of all uh martinez getting involved and you know what do you think about mercedes martinez if you have any opinion on her at all and um what do you think about the final being soho and cargill
7: um you gotta protect uh, uh rosa here so some outside yep. interference doing whatever hit her with something what, it was a glass candy jar
5: that she got from taz Is that or? What it was her, <laughs> no what was it what i don't what no, I, I don't, I I don't know tell. what it was
6: i couldn't tell it
5: wasn't identified and that's right. a problem okay. like okay. that's right w- I but i could not um, even see what the fuck it was yeah exactly
7: it just looked like something broke uh right. fine fine whatever uh it was enough uh, uh mercedes martinez people have been telling me for years on television and everywhere else how good she is i've been watching her all those years and she's all right <laughs> um <laughs> Then, then uh, sure. the last question: What do I think about Jade and Ruby? Well, um, in my opinion, Jade's got to go over, but nope. uh, I'm afraid that they won't do that. And really, again, again, Ruby, this is another one of those like highly, you know, pe- people are very happy to see her in AEW, and I guess I'm happy that she gets a chance. <laughs> She's so underrated,
1: uh, dude.
7: Yeah, that's that's a way to say, it. but I mean. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give her a, a a judgment on how good or she is or isn't, but I what I can say is from what I've seen, I'm not sure she's gonna be able to get out of this match with Jade uh without it being a complete mess. Yep. Um I don't know if she's that good.
2: She could be you able to match up to. that.
7: Yeah. It's it's good. It, it it might get ugly depending how long they want it to go. And how much shit they call in the back that they're gonna mess up and for and or forget. So, um, so I would uh you know, to, to protect everybody involved, I would do some kind of fuck thing before the match so that it's quick and Jade just goes over and gets the belt and gives gives Ruby an out as well, rather than have her try to go 15 minutes with this kid that's barely been doing it.
6: 100 um, 100. although I there, think Jade will win. Sorry, Chris.
5: Yeah, there's literally one woman on the AEW roster who I would trust to have a decent match, even a decent wrestling match. Um, And I mean, listen, I like the match tonight. It's not, but it wasn't a really good match. Like there was lots of things that you can say about it where you're like, Jesus, like, you know, come on, get some more training before you put you on TV. But um, the only person who I could trust to really have a really good match against Jade Cargill is Serena Deeb. That's the only person who I would say, yep, she'll get something out of her i mean because that's the kind of trust i have in serena deep but um
7: well that's also yeah. six six 16 years of experience versus not six years of experience right not even a yeah. year and probably. 16
5: years of experience and i mean how long was she you know actively wrestling constantly that's the other thing about her she had 16 real years experience yeah
7: well i i, I can't confirm firsthand i was there for her literal first day like when oh, she no shit. She joined. I, I i don't have time to tell all the deep stories that I have, but uh just like I said, when
6: I say I know her and we're friends, I mean it. Um oh, no doubt. I mean
5: but, she's uh, concentrating
6: on production nowadays, more so, right?
7: Yeah, I mean, she she's gonna be a player coach, you know, because okay. you gotta you gotta use her in every like everybody needs to be used to the fullest aspect, and that's one thing I question if they're always doing because they got a lot of guys that don't do anything else but be on TV the Arns and the Tully's the Jake, yeah. the snake Roberts Absolutely, of all people, right. you know, we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, you know, like yeah. all these people they got that are only there as on-screen characters, you would think like, well, backstage, what are they doing? Maybe yeah. they're trying to help and are getting shut out because kids don't want to listen or we don't know. I'm not going to speculate, but, uh, I'm just saying like, I'm not really, I'm not really seeing, um, a lot of what I would consider to be their influences on it as much as they probably should. So hopefully if, if they just hand the women over to Deeb, then things will slowly improve.
5: Um, oh yeah. I listen, I, I couldn't sing the praises enough of Serena Deeb in terms of what I've been seeing out of her. And you, you, I don't care how good she is backstage. You can't take her off TV. You can't, please don't do that to me. Cause it's like, it's literally one of the major things I look forward to about being an AEW fan right now is getting to watch Serena Dean work. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, like we like I've been saying that since way before I I I, I knew that people involved in Hamine knew her. Um I've been watching this girl wrestle and just been blown away at her fundamentals from the get-go. Like I she's she is that good. She is this good. She is. She's good enough that I gave her my Bret Hart award, and if you know anything about Canadians, that's serious. Um,
2: that's real serious,
6: very
5: serious. <laughs> but uh, all right, we're going to move on here. Uh, we're going to talk next about uh, the CM Punk uh, promo. So cult of personality hits; it still gets a good pop from the crowd, um, but it's getting smaller and smaller. I'm, I'm, I'm not blaming CM Punk at all, but I feel like AEW. Has like they can still do something interesting with him, but they've basically fucked the ability to do something cool out of the gate with him. It's not happening. It hasn't happened already. He's been there for how many months? Um, they've wasted what could have been like a truly special moment in wrestling. Um, just my opinion. Uh, Vet, what do you think?
7: Um, they could have, if, if they did less with him, then people will be saying where's CM Punk. Uh, I don't, you know, no matter what, they, they won't be able to do anything right with him. As far as I'm concerned, uh, they landed the white whale and that's the important thing is that he's there. So whether he's overexposed or whatever, you just, I mean, you know, you cannot predict what people will do sometimes. So you kind of got to get, they're getting their usage out of him. That's for sure. Uh, And you're not going to need a, um, a thunderous ovation uh, that's not his only value. So um, as long, and, and he's going to keep his hands clean of a lot of the other bullshit that they do, because he's going to call his own creative for the most part. So in the, in the long term, the fact that he's there when they actually get to that cool moment, whether that's winning a championship or another dream match that happens down the line or something like that, they'll be able to look back and say, Hey, CM Punk was there. He was there every week since he got there. He didn't, pull the part-timer card, you know, that they'll be able to look back at that and at least they'll be able
5: to say that. Yeah, I, I still think there's a lot of value in CM Punk, like in having CM Punk, I think. Mm-hmm. It, anybody who had the opportunity to sign CM Punk and didn't, it, what are you doing in professional wrestling? Like, that's the guy. You called him the white whale. That's 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 accurate. That is That is the apt comparison. That's who he was. I never um, thought he'd
7: ever come back. I really did. I
5: didn't either. I honestly, I thought, okay, this guy, he just want, he just wants to be left alone. He just wants to go to Blackhawks games and fuck his gorgeous wife. Like why would he ever want to go back to work? Um, but he's there now. And I do think that they still have huge potential value in him. I just think that they had an opportunity to do something really great with him debuting. Um, even if it was just to come in and, I don't I don't so much think that CM Punk has lights out matches I think he has lights out angles and I think that that's what they missed from his first three months is up until this MJF thing it was completely devoid of angles it was hey I'm happy to be here I'm gonna have this match against this guy I respect hey I'm still happy to be here and I'm gonna have this match against this guy I I respect and I just feel like they lost something by not bringing him in as part of an angle but Sailor V.
6: Well, talk about whatever you said in French, Chris. That's life. That's life. We gotta take one more break and then we gotta take it home, man. So this is a PWC Skirmish right here on the PWC Network. We'll be right back. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hami Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hami Media Group at patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off the top rope extras subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A-Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro-wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosoliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of Joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBroSters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you hear from the pros who live the biz bro with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes it's gotta be russo's bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained
5: go Chris all right welcome back everybody we're uh we're here now for the main event uh um, of of our show not necessarily uh the show We'll, we'll talk about a few more things but okay so CM Punk uh is in the ring as we uh as we took a break we'll come back um he's looking forward to bigger better things if MJF doesn't want any he doesn't have to get any um he, he starts off this this promo by doing something that just uh, I think if you're an old school fan, you had to just be like, oh, man, even if I dislike Punk, I kind of had to love him for this. What was that? It's my alarm clock. Oh, sweet. <laughs> All right. Um, well, CM Punk asks, where's Jim Ross in this building? Where Where's where's JR? He talks about how Jim Ross is the best who's ever done it. And um, fuck me, man, like I can't dislike punk when he's saying shit like this. Um, one of the reasons why I think punk connects with the crowd so much is, and whether it's that he's just this good at working, or if he really is this way, he exudes legitimacy and real emotion. He feels like he's always saying what he feels. Um, and i don't know if this is just that he's a good worker or if he really is this kind of a legitimate person in real life but it's hard not to like cm punk when he's saying stuff like this because um, it feels like he means it uh he goes on he says that uh, the tribute show for brody was one of the things that made him want to come to aew uh, he compares mjf to an internet troll um talks about how mjf wants to be the champ he uh, harkens back to a quote from jr a famous quote from jr if you don't want to be the champ what the hell are you doing here um which i agree with um you should want to you know i mean you should you should try to do the best you can in the role you've been given but you should always want to have a bigger role um he needs i i have in my in my uh in my notes here, he actually needs to cut this promo backstage so that people like Orange Cassidy know how they're supposed to behave. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um Punk calls MJF a bigger waste of con money than Tim Tebow, which that got that got a pop out of me. I laughed my ass off. Uh he finishes his promo by saying, It would be a real shame if someone got in the way of MJF becoming champion he kind of did it with a little twinkle in his eye so it seems like that might be where they're going with this angle moving forward um jimmy what did you think of the promo
6: it was a standard punk promo man i mean there's not much really to say other than it was a standard punk promo for me i mean yeah he does you know come across like he's being legit but at the same time everyone knows how how much of a dickhead he can be too towards fans and that's the only sort of thing i'm a bit wary about but in saying that he seems very humbled man and hopefully he's being truthful you know so i mean there's not much for me to say other than the stunk it's not stunk it was a standard punk promo
5: that's okay i uh i have a couple of times in my notes here where i called sting stung which (laughs) kind of makes sense because he's he's sort of still in the past but anyway (laughs) um yeah vet what did you think about this promo from punk
7: uh, well, whatever punk says, you can probably basically just believe it. Um, just, whether that's for the best or the worst, right. like if he's being a dick, yes, that's him. If he's being nice, yes. yes, that's him. Uh, not everybody feels exactly the same all the time. Sometimes you're in moods, right? CM Punk is a mood into himself sometimes. I did like that he called out the internet trolls, which we already called out at the top of the show. Right. That's who he it was is talking exactly, about. Make no mistake.
6: Exactly. I called um, it to my missus as well. I was saying the same thing. I know exactly who he's talking about, and I, make no I don't mistake even about like it. that
7: he gave him that much play, but so whatever. True. It is what it is. Spot um, on, spot on, dude.
6: It's yeah. True. It's one
7: of those things like if you know, you know, and if you, yep. you're like, huh? Like, you know. No, nah, so, absolutely. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about it. I do think that when he came back, he's playing it up a little much. Like, the, the baby faceness is ham-fisted somewhat, you know, but uh, it's it's cooled off a little bit. He stopped ingratiating himself to people as much. Uh, he does it here for JR, which he should, you know, and yeah. stuff like that, and, and Brody and whatever. That That's where it belongs. He doesn't have to keep coming out and say boy it sure is good to be in insert city here like yeah, mjf yeah. said in the promo which right. that was funny because it was true right so mm-hmm. um but yeah good promo sure
5: right on right on okay well we'll move on but uh, i think we all like the promo i think we all are looking forward to seeing what he does next um uh i gotta be honest this it, it took a real downward turn here as brian pillman jr is in the ring next and um Boy, I don't know. They, 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 they got some work in front of them If they think they're going to be able to build this kid back up after the burial he took
7: Poor at the hands of
5: MJF. Poor, poor Brian. I mean, let's we just, how do come back we, can,
7: we can just, we can just move past this. There is no coming back. I, I would say, but I, I, I would like to say like ever since he and Griff Garrison showed up and started doing their thing, I was like, why am I watching a guy named Griff Garrison and, uh, as as the son of another famous wrestler who's infinitely more talented and marketable than Griff Garrison will ever be is taking all the falls in their tag team matches. Don't get it. Not sure what happened. Don't really care at this point. I'm sure Brian will land on his feet one way or another. Eventually he'll get it. Um, But this was, I didn't even listen to a word he said, to be honest. Neither did I actually walked out. All right. Well,
5: (laughs) well, we'll move on then um the one thing uh, he did say that uh, starting next week you'll see a brand new uh brian pillman jr and god i fucking hope so yeah, let's, oh, point, no we're not this one's we're, dead
6: we're so not it's gonna see a brand new <clears throat> junior all right pillman. so
5: so next up was this thing with sting that i wanted to sort of touch on just quick he's giving a promo uh, and talk he says you know you're talking you know uh, you claimed you're talking about how often we're in the main event well when i broke in I treated every match I was in as if it was the main event. And correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think that's actually the way you're supposed to be when you're a wrestler. I mean, you should make every moment count. You should maximize your minutes, as they say. But you don't try to kill the dragon in the first minute of the story. You have to let that build, right? You actually have to protect the main event. Am I wrong then? Uh,
7: not wrong, but just in the sense like you can excuse this away by saying that it's a mindset that you have, you know, because it is true in combat sports. Do you think that the guys on the undercard are worried about the main event? Mm, hell no. no. No, everybody's the main event of their own fight. So yeah. that is the mindset that you have to say. So I'm okay with it. Um, but to, to your point about being uncomfortable with it, it can lead to a slippery slope where again guys get comfortable with the business being exposed and they start to say things that only make sense in the context of wrestling being fake so as long as we can avoid that which AEW has not and continues to not like anytime just from day 1 when when Tony Khan is doing those media scrums and bouncing back and forth oh. between Kayfabe and and shoot it's like you've ruined it you ruined, ruined. it you ruined it Tony so so like Booker of the year If we can get away from that, um, then that's great. And they have time to make people forget about those early days, but, uh, but here I'm okay with this line, as long as that's all it is.
5: Right on, right on. Okay. Well, let's move on to the main event. Um, it's another six man tag match, um, as the highly disputed era take Mm -hmm. on the best friends. Um, everyone yells, boom and Adam Cole, baby. So As far as I'm concerned, Adam Cole's done for the evening. Um, (laughs) O'Reilly and Beretta do this idiotic no-sell Japanese crap to start. I'm sorry. I'm always going to hate this. I don't like when people just stand there and trade and don't sell. Um, Here, hit me. Now it's my turn. Now hit me again. Now it's my turn. Like As somebody who boxed for over a decade, (laughs) this makes me laugh, but not in a good way. Um, Orange Cassidy does his idiotic lazy man gimmick um and here's my notes for the rest of this show fuck this house show um yeah Uh, again i mean i I plowed for 13 hours today i may just be grumpy um there's way too much acrobatic crap going on in this match the rules go completely out the window there's quail dives super kicks no cells uh bumps on the floor bumps from the floor bumps to the floor uh at one point i think the floor might have taken a bump um, the way that this match ends is super kicks from the Young Bucks. Red Dragon get the win after they chase the Dragon and also the hard cam. Um, it's a video game match and I just, I wasn't I wasn't really with it. The show goes off the air with um, heel Adam Cole very conflicted about which other heel tag team he wants to attach himself to, which is interesting. Can we, um, can we just get
6: Adam Cole on the pole match already seriously (laughs) that's what this shit is which is so stupid
5: yeah like yeah Jimmy yeah exactly like what give me your thoughts on this match Jimmy like am I just being grumpy or was this like what the fuck guys can we can we do something interesting with Adam Cole this shit
6: was messy man I felt like this match just was just all over the place uh, like I didn't, I didn't. Be, I thought this was a bad match, to be honest with you. I mean, shit was just unorganized. Adam Cole is on a pole. I mean, what? What can I say? I mean, there's, there's not even much I can say about this match other than we knew he was gonna win anyway. It was a stupid matchup. It's leading to a Bucks undisputed era, or maybe you know how I said they're gonna be called undisputed elite maybe it's the bucks and the undisputed being together after all hence the name i mean we'll see what happens but i think it's going to lead actually to a red dragon just being a, on their own i mean maybe i'm wrong but that's what it comes across as to me
5: great another talented tag team that can get less tv time than 2.0 uh vet tell us what <sighs> your thoughts were on the main event no thoughts
7: no <laughs> no it's just it look dude if you've been watching aew since day one since like i have this is every match you've ever seen so yeah. i what am i supposed to say here am, I, am I supposed to give constructive criticism like what <laughs> come on what you know <laughs> yeah. so this is exactly what it was always going to be uh and uh they they accomplish it we're, we're all well aware of your thoughts on adam cole and Orange Cassidy, uh, Chris. So um Meh. right. So uh, and and I don't disagree with most of it. I'm not as uh, I'm not as down on Orange Cassidy, uh, but um, it like it is silly. But uh, at least it's possible. It's possible that somebody could be this dumb. <laughs> you know. Remember going back again. Going back to WWE, we've got supernatural dolls they were trying to sell us. So like <laughs> wow. I'm not really too concerned about a guy who wants to put his hands in his pockets that can happen that actually literally could happen a guy could do that um but lily's not going to lock shana basler in a room and yeah.
6: so so <laughs> jesus christ that that's
7: that's kind <sighs> of that's kind of where i'm at with that uh, and uh yeah i don't care about the drama here i'm i've been over adam cole for years he's always been an entrance like you said chris like even back to ring of honor the coolest thing about Thank him was you. that theme song and it was cool when Britt baker made her aw debut and used his ring of honor theme <laughs> song that was cool um but other than that he's just a guy that you know to to quote uh gold uh was it gold member yeah yeah she doesn't understand he is small <laughs> right? like he's gonna work he's gonna work a same size match with everybody doesn't matter if it's orange uh, cassidy who is the same size or powerhouse hobbs who's like four times his size he's gonna have the same match he's gonna bump him around he's gonna do whatever he does he's gonna kick out of every move and let them kick out of all his moves that's just what he thinks wrestling is um the way jim Cornette talks about him like like a disappointed father makes me think that maybe at one time he knew what he was doing and chose this path which is actually which is um decidedly worse uh than just never knowing at all um but uh yeah um but there's really nothing else to say i think one of the three of us has said it all in the past
6: or here tonight so it's true i mean it's true although i'll say one thing before we we take it home adam least, cole is
7: a is a pole well so yeah, it's
6: really going to be like a pole on a pole he's a he's a fat ass pole <laughs> for, for that mm-hmm. matter but Guinea but insane yeah <laughs> Insane that though at least orange cassidy showed some urgency this time and not as much yeah. bullshit, if that makes any sense at yeah. least he took it yeah. more serious but other than that do these guys? I mean, does Orange Cassidy ever get a win these days? Yeah, he does. Does he? Because it feels like he loses every match, but it, it is feels it like is. it. But it feels it, like it, right? It, it,
7: in in reality, he's he's kind of booked at a at a main event level, he like is. either either Definitely. bottom of the top or top of the middle. Um, Which
5: is my problem with Orange Cassidy, by right. the way. I, I'm fine with funny. I, I don't mind comedy wrestling I re- i'm not one of these people who thinks comedy wrestling has no point has no place on the card i i i think comedy wrestling can be just fine but he needs to be booked accordingly the fact that he's booked to go 50 50 with adam cole who again i don't see it and you don't see it bet but there's a lot of people who are like oh this guy's a potential main event star so when i see him going 50 50 with with adam cole i'm like why what the fuck are they doing with this kid like he shouldn't be here
7: um and why, and it's not- why sh-
5: why shouldn't he? Because Orange
7: Cassidy is established and Adam Cole is come in and he's been as much, if not more of a clown than Orange Cassidy has. So at that, at, at that reason, you know, when you've got a guy that's been in main events, why would you think that Adam Cole should just run over him? So especially when you finally do have a equal size uh, situation here. Mm-hmm. So if he could, if, if Adam Cole can beat up all these guys that are bigger than him, then certainly uh he should be able to uh, look the thing the thing about Orange Cassidy is like it, it's the same thing that um you know Ben hamin was pretty adamant about Riho and the way she's been booked and it's like well sorry that's the story they've told since day one this is the established thing so now you got to go with it because that's the that's what you've done you it, it wouldn't make sense to change it now um so yeah. Orange Cassidy is that that main event guy and Um, The best match ever in AEW history is now MJF versus Darby Allen. But before that, in my opinion, it was honestly Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Um, If you go back and watch that match, the first actual in-ring debut AEW match of Orange Cassidy, after all the build of him standing around and just being lazy and all this stuff, and we hadn't seen him have a match unless you saw him on the indies. And then you watch that match with, with Pac that he had then that was an, you know, for what it was, that was a really good match. So orange can go um, go, and they've established him as that. So now you cannot lower him from that. It's okay for him to take a fall once
5: in a while, but. And Jimmy, tell me if I'm wrong, but if you you were to go back and look at our shows, when, when I, when we first saw orange Cassidy, I can remember saying, look, I don't really get it all the way yet, but I see something in this kid. Do you, am I wrong or, or like, am I misremembering? Cause no, I remember no. saying to on, on the shows like, there's something to this kid. He's definitely got some good charisma. He's got some potential, but the more I see of him, the more it's someone telling the exact same joke every week. And it's like, well, I get it. I heard you.
6: Well, look to his credit. Okay. Look, he was before he's orange Cassidy gimmick before he even started doing that. He was just a plain Jane, man. He, He literally was nothing he was just a jobber but so he knew deep down inside that he had to do something to stand out yeah and that's exactly what we got right here Orange
7: somebody was going to be the human sloth that put his hands (laughs) in his pockets if it wasn't orange it was going to be somebody else who thought of it next but he thought of it first so he went with it and it's hard to get something that's unique and never been done before so at the very least we can we can give him that but he knows what he's doing. Again, this isn't a case of like, uh like his psychology makes sense in what he's doing. It's not like Adam Cole where he's doing things that are physically shouldn't ever happen. Right. So it's like in relative terms, I think orange is okay. Yes. We've seen the joke and it will never be as funny as it might've been the first time if it was ever funny, but eh, now we've established, yes, sometimes he'll, he'll be a little bit lazy and maybe that's a psychological tactic. If we want to try to explain that away story-wise and we've seen that he can go. So when he does go, it's not a surprise anymore. And, you know,
6: I guess it's just remains to be seen how they carry it out. Although before we, like I said, we take it home, although I would love to see an orange Cassidy heel turn where he gets away from best friends. I think that might actually be more intriguing to me than what we see now because the hands in the pocket Dilio, and all that would so much make way more sense in terms of being a heel like you know he's too cool for school right i mean he's he's above professional wrestling to the point where he doesn't even need to use his hands like can you picture a heel sort of turn with orange castle where he's just standing there with his hands in his pocket with the glasses on well it kind deal? of it you're right jim it is kind of a heel gimmick as it is right
7: but so it's just people like it so for whatever reason yep. i mean you, you can't well, you can't i don't i'm not a fan in wrestling of people fundamentally changing who they are because they decide the company or whoever decides it's time to have the fans react a
6: certain way to you no that's lazy and yeah, he doesn't
7: yeah. seem like the like to 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 change his attitude would mean he'd have to care and we right, all know right. he can't do that so absolutely he'll probably just right. stay where he's at forever yeah
5: unfortunately right
6: for sure all right, guys. I mean, well, is there anything else we need to touch on before we go?
5: I, I would say that's about it. Uh, Vet, thank you so much for being on with us, man. It, it really is an honor to have had you on with us. And uh, Pleasure. please go ahead and 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 tell the people where they can find you, plug your stuff.
7: Sure. Add Opinion Haver everywhere, all social media platforms. Even if I'm not on them, I probably took the name and then uh, deleted the app or whatever. So just go ahead and add it. And uh, if I don't accept your request, that's why. Um, And you can find me every week on the Next Level Wrestling Review uh, with Big Ray Hernandez and The Impact Attack with Colin Wysong and Brandon Stransky uh, available on channelattitude.com. There's a whole backlog of stuff. If you can't get enough of the vet, uh, then there's plenty of vet out there for you. A whole year's worth since I've been with Hanmean Media Group almost. Coming up on my one-year anniversary, guys. Uh, and, And I've gotten to touch bases with old friends and meet new people like you guys. Um, just this, this was a, a hell of a lot of fun. I only wish we had more time. We'll have to sort out the schedules maybe in the future so that we can have a, a four hour show where uh, we talk about say everything that. Wrong. <laughs> or, or, or as a four hour show, or as I like to call it a short big Ray podcast. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get, we'll get we'll get together again and we'll do all this and we'll get our shit in uh just like uh the the undisputed elite
6: yeah absolutely well please tell them where they can find you man
5: well um hopefully the audio is still coming through okay my headphones died on me so uh, i can barely hear you guys but if you can still hear me uh, you can find me on twitter it's at chris ams one um you can find me on facebook as well uh just look for um i'm not going to add you to my facebook so uh yeah but you can find me here on the pwc uh you can find me um you know of course over on the Hami media group we do the rampage uncaged with jargo and me and jimmy and uh it's an awesome show and um yeah that's basically where you can find me peeps jimmy
6: well, you can find me not on Facebook as Chris said, even though I am on Facebook but like I said, I, I won't add you but in saying that, please like and subscribe at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com also like and subscribe at markmedia.com and pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com and last but not least i mean media group on every platform Patreon, you name it we're there, look out for the blow off with Jago and myself on channelattitude.com and Hameen Media Group. And also, like you said, Chris, Rampage Uncaged on channelattitude.com. And again, once again, at Hameen Media Group. In saying that, I'm Jimmy T. Here's Christopher Ams. That's the vet, Jamie. You've been listening to the PWC Wednesday night skirmish right here on the PWC network. Peace. I
2: Happy holidays And have a happy new year From the PWC The Pro Wrestling Coalition You know Thank you Jimmy T Chris Ams, Jeff Lipman Michael Jargo Steve Pena Chabelo Vera Cruz 8-Track Black And I hope it didn't leave anybody out But the PWC family So sit back, relax, and enjoy Another episode of the Homeboy 88 Podcast Happy holidays everybody
3: Gut check when you get to deep water here. And the water is deepest when you're trying to advance to the finals. Who will Ruby Soho face next week? In Jersey. In our main event here tonight, Kyle O'Reilly makes his AEW debut team with Bobby Fish and Adam Cole to take on Orange Cassidy and the best friends. Of this backbreaker by Jade. Let's yep. for the oh. first time ever here at Daly's Place. The knee, once again, the knee. Turning that... Uh, that rack, that torture rack like maneuver reminds me of Lex Luger and big strong as, as Jade is. Right. She can pull that off very well. But not as well, Jim, with that knee being damaged. Well, that's true, but she's going to stick with her game. oh it's under on. Rosa. Landed on her feet, the standing switch, the waist lock. Jade tries to counter out of it. Watch out. Oh, the knee breaker. That could be the move. That could be it. Under Rosa thinks she's got it. She thinks she's turned the corner here in this semifinal matchup. It's win or go home. Look at Jade trying to fight off a figure four. A figure four. It is in deep on Jade Cargill. Jade's got those long arms. Can't she get to the ropes? Or will it be Thunder Rosa advancing to face Ruby Soho next week on TBS? It's been masterful how Rosa has worked the legs. It's been such a sound game plan. Really smart, Tony. Yeah, really. But the length, the length. Yeah, that reach of Jade Cargill just so hard to oh, counter. Looked off it. Mark Sterling. Give me a drink of water. What the hell do he start in the middle of a match to have a drink of water? Look at Mark Sterling. get up in the face of the referee, Paul Turner. Meanwhile, she's going to put on the figure four again. And, oh, Thunder oh. Rosa. She made an Oh, my. What the hell was that? Was, was that a member of the crew? Who was that? What the? What happened? Thunder what the hell is going on Thunder here? Thunder Rosa is out! She is out cold! And now Jade Cargill, the jaded! Jade Cargill will advance to face Ruby Soho next week on Dynamite! What Here's the hell the have we just seen in the tournament? Jade Cargill! Mark Sterling had the referee's attention diverted, and then a crew member just blindsided Thunder Rosa. Now, this is early on, and how much that great sound strategy came into play. And Thunder Rosa, we've never seen anybody take it to jade cargill quite like this but the, no. that that blindsided shot behind the referee's back well that's how got it done jay cargill didn't get it done on her own oh wait yeah, thunder, thunder rosen knows she got robbed and look at this this hooded figure What the hell is going on here we got masked men i'm assuming that looks like a masked woman i'm not sure i hope it is and now jade cargill Mercedes Martinez. What the hell is she doing here? She's one of the best women wrestlers in the entire world is this woman. And is she on the payroll of Smart Mark Sterling? What is happening here? Battle lines continue to be drawn. Allies continue to be made. And right now Thunder Rosa is in harm's way and has no recourse. Thunder Rosa is getting kicked apart. Well, wait a second, Ruby Soho. Hello, Ruby! Ruby Soho, who will face Jade Cargill next week at Dynamite. The Prudential Center in New Jersey, live on TBS, to crown the first ever TBS champion here at AEW. And she has to be very wary of Mercedes Martinez now. Next week at the Prudential Center. Mercedes Martinez is as fundamentally sound, is any athlete in this building, any athlete, no matter the gender. And Mercedes made an immediate impression with that cheap shot on Thunder Rosa, allowing Jade Cargill to advance. And Ruby have, doesn't have any plan to take her love to town, let me tell you, Tony. Lawrence Cassidy up to the top. Driving DDT. He's got it. One, two. No. How close is that? In-spurt was right on the spot. Good job there by the ref. It was a close near oh, oh! The stump pile driver and now Trent looking for one of his own! Adam Cole just got planted. What Do it again, make it three in a row! What the hell, a coupon? Oh, oh, a beach break! Beach break! Cassidy, can he get it? No! Double save. What a match to end Dynamite's run on TNT. Standing talents acquired by our owner, Tony Khan. This is exactly what he wanted. And remember, Dynamite will be headed to TBS next Wednesday night, but Rampage will remain right here on TNT. So we're Saturday Night Fight specials coming up, right. including the one January 8th the Battle of the Belts on TNT. And where's that from, Tony? Charlotte North Kakalaka. If you haven't already, adjust your DVR. AEW Dynamite coming to you next Wednesday night. And every Wednesday night after that on TBS, Orange Cassidy intercepts the boot of Kyle O'Reilly. little uh, jabs there by O'Reilly. Stopped by Orange Cassidy. Look at the face of Cassidy. You haven't seen that hardly at all. Now that we're seeing a different side of Orange Cassidy. He got beat to the punch. Oh, Oh, that caught him. Kyle O'Reilly. What a combo by Kyle O'Reilly. Oh! God, he kicked him in the face. Cassidy rolls up O'Reilly too. No! Near ball, fifth time, two count. Chuck Taylor lands the right hand. Orange Cassidy lands the tag. Chuck Taylor rising knee strike. O'Reilly knocked back. The lariat from Trent Barretta, but Bobby Fish right there. And Fish, oh. with a fifth time right hand. Oh, no look at that. Soul Food half and half combo by the best friends. JR loves Soul Food. They've got to do it. And you've got to give the people what they want. You have to, ex Damn it to hell you have to. Oh, look at the Associate Stooge! Stooge alert. Of the Elite, Brandon Cutler. Hope he has his shots. Hope he has them. Got a pair of right hands for the best friends. Oh, The Young Bucks. Young Bucks. Oh! A pair of super kicks to the best friends. And now, Red Dragon chasing the Dragon. O'Reilly covers and gets the win. The winner's this match, the team of Kyle O'Reilly. Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. Adam Cole is still down from that kick. Bell of a Man of event, ladies and gentlemen, we just witnessed. Kyle O'Reilly scored the win, but that inadvertent contact with Adam Cole maybe telling a bigger story here. There's a lot of communication issues ongoing right now. And a lot of around these guys that we just saw wrestling. I'm telling you, this was as great of a trio smash and a great way to end dynamite on TNTs you'll want to see. A lot of effort, a lot of courage, and a hard ball different. Kyle O'Reilly victorious in his AEW debut here tonight alongside Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. But look at the Young Bucks. Well, they, they are shouting at Fish and O'Reilly, and they've got Adam Cole. He's not even here to get his hand raised. And remember, coming up this Friday night, New Year's Eve, 10-9 Central on TNT. Cody Rhodes will defend the TNT Championship against all ego Ethan Page. This time Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, with a rampage. Remember the AEW World Championship will be decided on Wednesday night in Jersey. And it will be live on TBS next Wednesday night. Hangman Danielson Part 2. This was great, guys. This was a wonderful night of wrestling. can went to TBS, JR. a whole crew for Tony. Excalibur. I'm Jim Rossing. saying thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you Friday night.
1: symbol of excellence in sports entertainment.
0: The following program is presented by Atmark Media.
1: The PwC Network. What the world is watching and listening to.